What happened to the song? I want a song. I know. Um, you know the beginning of She Drives Me Crazy before there's words? Nope. You don't? Okay, wait. I'm going to hum it. it by the hum way. it for me. No. <laughs> Not falling into your bullshit <laughs> trap. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to May We Geek Again, a podcast where we talk about sci-fi and other things, <laughs> um, not always kosher things. Um, my name is Shaheen, and I'm joined today by my lovely co-host, Joe. Hey, how's it going? And Cece. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey. <laughs> oh, you know, just a Thursday. Yeah. It, it's not like we've been talking for half an hour. <laughs> that was us getting warmed up into the into the vibe, into the flow. Yeah. You, you guys can't see me wiggling at my desk right now, but it's happening. Yeah. So fine. Um, you can... <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing is when Shaheen like pauses for just long enough that like we we know that something else is coming, and then he's just like, "Nope, we're not, not talking about it. whatever the fuck that was." <laughs> it's like a respectful like. No, I have nothing for that. Moving along. <laughs> yeah, I had a professor that did that. He he would just like, you would say something and he would just like be quiet and then be like, so then the next paragraph. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, okay. That hurt my feelings a little bit, but okay. It's so much, it's so, that's so much better though than like the law school Socratic method that's like, so Miss So-and-So's premise is blah 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 and then they just annihilate you in front of 200 people <laughs> i would so much rather that like that passive aggressive pause <laughs> yeah so find us on soundcloud um you probably found us on soundcloud how else would you be listening to us so we're obviously on soundcloud we're also on itunes um and you can come to twitter Talk to Joe, um, and you know if you say something nasty about me, I I'll probably show up. Yeah, I, I like any time. I just pull him into a conversation. I'm like, you need to come here and deal with this, Shaheen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you can email us at maybegeekagain at gmail dot com, and we're sometimes on Facebook, so check that out. And um, we are covering the hundred. We also covered The Expanse in the past. We are going to cover the uh, season three of, of The Expanse um, later on during the hiatus. And also, we're probably going to talk about humans at some point. Yeah. So if you haven't watched those, um, get ready. So next week, we're going to have Joe Garfine on the podcast. So Joe Garfine of uh, the Cancer Gets Lost charity and Choose Kindness uh, will be our guest next week. Um, I'll be wrangling so that hopefully it will be less confusing with there being two Joes on the show. Um, but yeah. that's, I, I, yeah. Two Joes who are also awesome. Oh, yeah, It's going to be hard to tell the difference. <laughs> Did I make Joe feel feelings? No. God, no. Aww. No. Oh, you're very sweet for trying. Though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Today we're talking about The 100 and it's season five, episode 11. Oh, sorry. What is everyone drinking? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm drinking water, but I am also not sober. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Awesome. And I'm sober 
because we couldn't do this on Friday. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, what are you drinking, Cece? Um, what kind of bullshit honest, IPA is it that you're drinking like, <laughs> purposefully to hurt me? We know it's an IPA. I know. It's, it's always a fucking <laughs> well, IPA. The question is if it's a double or a triple. Well, Joe, I actually have a story that will make you happy about why I can't. I'm having trouble drinking this IPA. <gasps> it might be the revenge of Joe for my teasing of you in the last podcast. I'm currently drinking a LaCroix because some IPAs and I met an unfortunate ending on Friday night and I still can't, I like still can't have a beer. Wait, so you're sober too? I mean, I'm, it's open. I have a Port City in, Integral IPA in front of me. <laughs> you know what would solve this? If you kept good beer in your house that wasn't IPAs, and then you could be like, oh, you've done me wrong, flower water. I, re- like- I reject I, re- <laughs> I reject that an IPA, but I have lots of kind of beer, but it not, it's all they're all going down like nails. I, I, I wow. Don't, Do I, you need to just like I don't drink know. some liquor? I don't know. This is like what happens when you try. Can, and- we, get, can we get you tequila drunk? It's all terrible. It's all, I know. I'm sorry. I know how much you love, you love your, your adult beverages. I love alcohol. Maybe this is like the curse of anyone. This is your own personal dark year. It's your dark week. No, it has been a dark week, but it's, maybe it's like the curse of anyone who enjoys alcohol on this podcast. Like Jen found herself not able to drink. Maybe now I won't be able to drink because of Oh my God. We just like leave people sober. Shaheen is on tolerance breaks (laughs) left, right, and center. Like by the end of this, like we're just gonna be like, wow, straight edge, huh? Yeah. So. Yeah. We turned everyone away from alcohol. So I guess this is the one where I'm just going to be fucked up. Great. Super. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you think about it, that's a good thing. Um, What the fuck is that supposed to be? (laughs) I mean, fair, but. I have it open. I just took a sip for you of my IPA. How'd it go? I love that spite will push you past your (laughs) nausea. (laughs) We'll see. I'm sure our later discussion will help with my nausea as well. Oh, good. I'm just yeah. hungry. We have a soundbite ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we're talking about season five, episode 11. Um, it's entitled The Dark Year, written by Heidi. Is it Heidi or Heidi? Heidi, Heidi Cole McAdams and directed by Alex um Kalimnius? Kalimnos, I'm guessing he's Kalimnius? oh female director yes huh I just I assumed Greek dude Alex. no woman director <laughs> which is awesome that's not uh, you know doesn't happen that often not in, right all right no. awesome yay yeah so let's get into the overall takes um what um I guess <laughs> should we sandwich this again? Yeah, we're gonna need to I sandwich this. Yeah. I think Joe yeah. I think Joe Joe should go first because based on the all caps <laughs> I think I think you you should get the honor of the sound effect. Oh yeah. Be the bottom bun, Joe. Here we go. <laughs> Come on, YouTube. For fu- you already loaded this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Um, cannibals. We have headcanoned for years. We thought farm station cannibaled. We thought like up in, uh, in the, go, you know, on the arc years ago, some cannibalism, like, but we have never like had cannibalism confirmed with us watching 
It happened. Cannibal crew of Reddit. We did it. Woo! Instant rap by her. Um, but like, it was funny kind of going into this episode. I feel like a lot of us were like, well, if it's just cannibalism, like, ugh, like we have like known it was cannibalism forever. Like what could, you know, whatever. And like, while it was still kind of only just cannibalism in the sense that like you and I, Cece, were like, does Octavia have to eat her own baby? Like, like in this oh, lead up. We fucking spiraled it out. Oh my God, it was horrible. We're like, well, so she was pregnant with Lincoln's baby and obviously like the farm like it can't support more lives so she was gonna have to say no babies allowed but you might as well not eat waste the meat and like we just went down a horrible rabbit hole of like trying to up the ante on cannibalism when like really yes it was just cannibalism like but the overall sort of like under the umbrella of like breaking people's will and like kind of going uh with the with the with the running theme of if you like kind of abstain from a thing, um, you know, we, we saw this with Monty as well. Like if you say like, I'm going to sit this one out, does it just, it, is that the, like a morally justifiable thing to do if it is going to affect more people? Um, so I like that, like they kind of brought that in, in like a really extreme situation. Um, I, you know, I love God, Maria is still fucking killing it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great to see more from the Abby storyline to like, actually like give her, you know, part of her own story. Um, it was great. I, I, I thought it was great. And technically it was a really interestingly made episode. Um, the way that they, there's some filmmaking choices that they made, uh, to sort of like even further our discomfort hypothetical discomfort i wasn't uncomfortable at all it was awesome (laughs) all right shitty part of the sandwich shaheen (laughs) well i mean i'm i'm exactly where um where you were describing like i am disappointed that it was just cannibals um (laughs) it doesn't make any sense in my opinion so wait uh, the cannibalism uh, does it uh well um i'm about to explain what i mean so um, as we've talked about throughout the season, uh, all of the eggs were in this basket and this basket fell flat um, because so as we talked about before, what we needed from this episode was something that uh, has three properties. A, it has to be truly morally shocking and cannibalism is not. <laughs> what, um, because we're like so blasé about it or like in general, even if we hadn't been pumped on this shit for five years? Yeah, no, it's not shocking at all. If you don't have food and there are dead people, um, you eat them. That's not immoral. That's not. There's nothing immoral about it. So it's not shocking at all. Is I mean, it immoral I get to eat? That it's gross and whatever. Like this is, um, people is it immoral to out, eat people if there's not a food shortage? Like, what if like you're just like, well, they're dead. <laughs> if they're already dead, I don't think so. You don't have any moral obligations to a dead corpse. It's not a moral agent, nor is it a moral patient. It's just an object. Okay, so but see this. Eat it, <laughs> okay, but see these are the moments where I'm like, but, but what the fuck? We don't eat people. <laughs> like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> is it like I was talking with Bubs about this? Like, is it weird that like just me thinking about this, for example, if some like if it were like the thought of having to eat people meat i'm not talking about organ meat because i'm against organ meat like in general or like eyeballs and shit like with regular animals that i eat but like just people meat like just like you know a little uh, as as the case may be a cube steak is the fact that like that doesn't immediately disgust me like 
is that is that normal? Like, are you guys like disgusted by the thought of if you were given the opportunity to eat like a small amount of person, knowing that it was say ethically sourced or whatever? <laughs> um, free range. <laughs> free range. You know, they led a good life. They had plenty of you know space and whatever. I mean, I think what you're disgusted by is um, mostly just habit. Um, like people eat all sorts of weird well, shit. Well, no, I mean, in, you know, around the world, and they're not disgusted by it. But if you haven't had it, people are disgusted by like dog meat. But no, right? No, no, no. I I know, but there's there's a reason. I, I, yes, so it's the difference between like for if you're in this country and eat it, you don't eat beef. For this country, dog, to- absolutely. And it's it's not. But there's a reason. If you kind of peel back, and I'm sure that there's like. Now I wish I would have like looked at it, like really interesting research that peels away. Why is this a taboo? Mm-hmm. And it must have something to do with, a, a, as it is in this episode, this is not a situation like a plane crashing in the Andes or Jamestown where people are already dead and you're starving. Well, I mean, the people were it's, already dead. They No, they're setting up, but, but that's, they don't... The only reason why they're dead is because the system is forcing No, them but the system was set up fight. before like the the fighting system was set up before they decided to eat them. Right. And Ali um sorry, Abby said that um the crime rate will automatically go up because so people are starving. The, yeah. yeah. And people get so, real fucking crabby. Yeah, we'll automatically have more meat. But so. but there has but the reason that goes back I mean, when I'm talking about like the actual taboo, like Right. I to- is that it's only in survival situations. No, I t- so like- no, I totally and I totally understand what you're saying about like what one person thinks is normal to eat, the other person doesn't think to eat, and we have this like visceral reaction to it. And absolutely, but there there's something about that it was supposed to govern our behavior, probably not to murder each other. That would be like I am hungry. Right. That that, that cannibalism <laughs> is pretty much. A worldwide, I mean, I don't want to sound ignorant here, but it is pretty much a worldwide universal taboo, right? You can I point mean, to, you can small point, tribes and stuff. Right, and you like, can point to like exceptions, but it, yeah. it is one of those like universal. It is not a common. Yeah. There are right. also some rumors about a delicacy dish in China that's made of uh, dead babies. Well, see. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're right. It's, <laughs> I mean, even that is highly controversial. And yeah. Like, if it's real, they're keeping it very, you know, in the down low because it's really hard to search for it. You got any of that down low baby meat? <laughs> um, but I feel like it's it has something to do with respect for your own kind. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems disrespect disrespectful to a human to eat them. Oh, yeah. like, like I That's had why, a- like, we treat our corpses so with so much reverence when, in fact, it's just an object. You can just throw it out. But, <laughs> but we, like... <laughs> you don't owe a, a duty to it. Yeah, it's, I mean, but we treat them with so much respect because I guess, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's maybe for people who are alive, not for the person who's dead. Right, because like maybe deep down we're scared that's all there is. <laughs> and so we better we better <laughs> treat the body well. But it, it reminds me of, but it's not, it's interesting. It's not just um, watching like the idea of a human eating human. Like I've, I have friends that went on um, a trip to Africa and they were following this um what's the right word is it a herd of gorillas 
Uh, I don't remember their word. Anyway, a grouping of of like a family patriarchal structure of gorillas. And they happen to be there on the day that a group of males basically conspired to take down the silverback. And they wa- they were all like horrified. They were basically watching like premeditated murder because yeah. they lured him and then they killed him. And the- but the part that was even more fucked up when they killed the babies. No, no, the babies. No, no, the babies and the females were cheering it on. I'm surprised. Is I'm that- surprised they usually kill the babies though. Is that they all then ate the silverback Whoa. in front of the females and the babies, and they all cheered on. And it Are was you sure like, they were cheering and not just making like angry gorilla noises? Well, I mean the research the researchers <laughs> with them were saying were like the ones who are who study him were like this is you know they're not intervening this is like psyching up the crowd type of behavior. But what was the most fucked up thing to watch, other than the fact that animals were capable of premeditated murder, was then eating it was watching it eat its own, yeah. and as like a statement of. Not only did we kill this guy, we're like eating him. I mean, I'm on his own, I guess. And that's kind of that. This is also this also happens in chimpanzees, where like they invade another tribes or whatever territory, and they they kill them and they eat them. It's a lot of times. I mean, that seems gross in part because it's so vicious. It's like it's sending a message. It's just, it's being intentionally cruel or something like. You didn't have to do that or whatever, you know, like, and you're not like, just like, oh, here's some meat. Like you're, you're like, yeah, fuck you, <laughs> you know, I'm going to, I'm going to eat your corpse, you know? And like, if there are any other people, any other, um, chimps alive from that tribe, they're watching they're like, this Oh happen. man, this new dude is fucking hardcore. Wait, is, is there also, <laughs> is there, and this is like what we need bubs. I, I, um, like, is there a biological reason why we shouldn't do it you know like when you remember when they fed cows accidentally yeah, cows you're and not then supposed they got mad. to you're not supposed to eat the brains don't eat people brains um because you can <laughs> they can you know you can also you can have something similar that way i i don't know about sort of specific sort of pathogens like i don't think we we are natural carriers of trichinosis or salmonella or something like that i think that the meat is pretty much fine um, but I, I, you don't want, you don't want to do the brain similar for similar reasons because of the cows. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So as I was saying, it's not truly morally shocking. Um, I mean, not to me anyway. And the, the second property that it had to have is that it was supposed to make Octavia unique because they've been really hammering this the whole season that. We survived the dark year because of Octavia. And remember, this is supposed to explain why everyone is so gung-ho North Korea style behind Octavia was the, was whatever happened in the dark year where people felt felt like you really got us through this. And if it weren't for you, this wouldn't have happened. And there was nothing in this episode that indicated that. And then the third property that this um revelation was supposed to have was that it was supposed to explain why Octavia burnt the farm. Uh, remember last time we said this this is a, the stupidest decision and probably the most evil decision Octavia has made unless there is something in the dark year that explains why she didn't want to do, have anything to do with the farm. 
and uh, even Kara didn't want to have anything to do with the farm. That was left completely unexplained, so Octavia's actions from last episode are completely bonkers. And, and it's it's frustrating because all of this could have been dealt with. Like with something like, you know, eating a baby, it would have been a great example. <laughs> or like using the baby for, as fertilizer, right? They could have been like, oh, there's something in the baby that is a great fertilizer. We have to use that. And, you know, that would have taken care of all of this. And I guess like, I don't know how to, you, you can tie it to Octavia. Like maybe it was Octavia's baby or something. So, but it's just, they just ate people, and th- that doesn't explain any of those three things. So, so part of that I like fully agree with, um, but I think that it wasn't. So, like for example, like this is supposed to explain why Octavia is the way that she is, right? And you're saying that like the cannibalism mm-hmm. isn't enough to do that, and I don't think it was supposed to be. The cannibalism isn't the thing that made her who she is. Like that was sort of this catalyst. I think that what we were supposed to take away from from all of that is sort of the burden that Octavia and and Abby like bore like that that what all of that did like Octavia sobbing and like killing her own people like point blank like that is kind of supposed to be her thing and in terms of um like how it like kept all of them alive and stuff like that like her taking away their choice and their like free will in that one thing, which I'm not saying that she's wrong um, because uh, you know, it wasn't their choice would not have only affected them. So I'm not necessarily, I don't think that she was wrong to do it, but I think that like what we were supposed to get out of that was at least sort of an explanation of this act that she had to do broke her. And in order to hide that, she had to then like sort of really become blood Raina. But that said, like to your point, like, you know, her burning the farm and stuff, the only way that I can like sort of understand that is that like, she feels like her atrocities in order to like sort of cleanse her conscience of it. Like every single person that she worked to save and like, fucked up her own self about that needs to experience this valley that she like promised them. I think that that's probably where she's coming from with it. That would be my guess. Um, but like, I, I definitely understand like some of your criticisms, but in terms of like the cannibalism, I don't think that that was supposed to be the shocking thing. I mean, to what Joe just said, I mean, I, I agree with you that how they got from the dark year to, to when Bellamy comes down into the bunker and they see everyone. We, they're not giving, they haven't given that to us so far. And now I don't know if they will. It's up to Mm -hmm. us to piece it together. I, the second time I watched that scene at the end where she's like, it has to, you know, it'd all be worth it. And Indra leaves and she, and you kind of see her breaking down and she's like, it has to be. And they spent a lot of time showing Octavia with her people walking them through the desert. Mm -hmm. And it's the second time on this show that we've had kind of like a Moses walking through the desert type of figure. The first was Jaha in season two. Mm -hmm. And I think like Jaha, Octavia thinks all of the things that we did, there has to be a higher purpose. There has to be something better at the end to justify all of the things that we did. Mm -hmm. And that's why staying in the bunker and staying in that hellhole, considering what they went through, is just not good enough. Now, that's not to say that, like, that moment that we saw her deciding to execute people to kind of break people's will, something, you know, the music, the way they played it, 
you're like, did something kind of break inside or, or it became too easy to fall? Like once she got a taste of that kind of authoritarianism, it's hard to let go. Um, but I, I do see kind of that similarity where she thinks like they are owed this and they have like this higher purpose. And it kind of reminds me of watching Jaha in season two that you're like, why the hell do you think that your people are like entitled to the city of light and something better than everybody else that's like on the ground? Mm-hmm. And then well, that's so- filling and that's I, I admit that that is filling in. And I think at this point, I guess we have to. So, I mean, there are two issues. One is how Octavia became the person that she is. And then the second issue is how did the people, how did one crew become so reverent of Octavia? And this episode doesn't explain it at all. Like, there's, like, because they've been saying that the reason everyone is so protective of Octavia is because they think without her, they wouldn't have survived the dark year. And this episode didn't deliver on that. Well... There was anyone could have shot the the people and and I have serious issues with that. Like there is, it's not at all clear that that was the only way to deal with this. Like you don't, he shouldn't have to shoot anybody. But even if she did, anyone could have done it. Like she could have ordered the guards to do it. There was nothing about her that's special. Right, but the point was that she did it. And there's no reason to respect her after that. There's no reason that people would be so reverent and protective of her because of what she did. If anything, people should think she's a jackass. Well, I think you're... I, I'm not sure how how often they have said... She, I mean, she is the reason why they're all alive. Going back to... Uh, I don't see that. I don't see... No, 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 no. no. The, the bunk, no one other than Sky Crew would have been in that bunker if it weren't for her. Oh, okay. Right? I mean, yeah. so... The reverence for her is not just what happened during the dark year. She she opened the... I mean, it goes all the way back to the end of season four. It goes back to 502. But, I mean, we saw the chaos um, in... It was episode two, right? Where we saw the, um, the chaos in the bunker. No one was following Octavia. She had to, like, get everyone in line by killing a bunch of people. Did. So, right. it's always been a reign of terror. And I have issues with this. A, I'm not sure that terror is actually effective, the most effective way to get people in line. And B, I don't see how that would make people respect her so much. Um, so. Well, I don't think people, I mean, I mean, as soon as they had another option, 50% of the people bailed immediately. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Right. I, I, right. I mean, that's like asking why, why do they have big parades in North Korea? Well, those people are all scared and they don't really have another option. Um, what would happen if somebody else showed up and all of a sudden they had a li- like an actual possibility of somebody else that could lead them, right? Like, but Maddie- you're also going to have true believers like Miller and because like you, Nyla. And you have, I mean, and it kind- but it kind of makes, <laughs> but also psychologically, if you go down a path with someone and even if you start, there's psychologically like doubling down. Right. And that's what Octavia is doing. That's what Miller's doing. Um, like people who vote for someone and it, it's not turning out well, you're going to double down and be like, I'm going to stick with them even more because the, otherwise then I'm admitting that I'm wrong. Was it the sunken cost fallacy? Yeah. I mean, we're and all of this we're filling in. I think there's pieces of it and we yeah. can kind of stitch it together. I absolutely agree with you. It didn't answer those questions. I guess just to segue what I thought about it, I did think it, it was a, an excellent standalone episode. I don't want to, 
I feel like if we're talking about the actual episode, it's two different things. On its own, I thought it was a really good hour of television. Um, whether it came at the right time in the season and whether it answered all of the questions that we have given how late in the season we are. How late in the season and how extreme the bunker was presented to us. I mean, that's definitely a question that I totally get. I totally get that debate. But I did think on its own it was a really good episode of TV. And I say that because not only like do I agree with Joe that technically it was really well done and also it had like a classic. I mean, that was a classic this show ending, right? Like, Where you're like, what? Right? I mean, it's like, what the fuck? It was <laughs> yeah. a classic The 100. But honestly, like, at this point, I'm, like, more surprised at Dioza. Like, Kane is on my shit list. Like, well, especially after this episode, I'm like, you sanctimonious prick. Well, I mean, <laughs> the thing is, is though, everyone, I mean, they can still surprise the hell out of us. Like, that ending. So you're hoping that it's, like, a double-double cross. No, I don't know if it is. No, no, no. I just mean that ending in and of itself, I was definitely not expecting. Mm-hmm. So I love that they can still surprise me. And I will say, while people who follow the show super closely were expecting the cannibalism, my, think that- my friends that do not follow every piece online were texting me like, what the fuck? They're oh. eating people? <laughs> what? Like just what I mean, did they think happened? They were so upset. They were like, honestly, humanity. I have one friend who was just like, I think at some point we just need to call it and be like, we'll go the way of the dinosaurs. That is fucked up. Like was not expecting it at all and was horrified. So but really? Uh-huh. Really. Well, I guess it is shocking to some people that what sweet, sweet. Uh, were they morally uh, like? Were they morally offended? I mean, not offended. I mean, they weren't mad. They were just, first of all, didn't see like honestly, weren't go, weren't going into the episode like posting a bunch of like handled, cannibal memes. Right. They were <laughs> they weren't going into it with that. Um, and I think the other thing that is really interesting is the reaction. I mean, Jason Rothenberg tweeted out, whose side are you on? Octavia's. Well, I mean, Bubs actually, um, I think I think at some point, Bubs actually started keeping track <laughs> of the responses. And I wish I had it in front of me. Octavia was in the lead. Um, oh, yeah. She totally did take, I, I, it's, she sent it over like way a long time ago. Yeah, she had this, so she, it was Octavia by. Oh, wait, I found it. Did you find it? Yeah, so at the time, Octavia 58, Clark 21, Bellamy 16. I don't know. Okay, Belark is 12. They, I feel like that's just like the random Belarkers who just sneak into Jason's feed and are like, Belark. And you're like, not read the question. Um, after that, uh, Dioza was seven, Monty seven, Murphy seven. Um, and then it goes down from there. Um, <laughs> at the very bottom of the list. <laughs> Not Kane. <laughs> with one vote. Was that you, Joe? <laughs> I mean, probably. I mean, but I, I, you just saw, like, that's a... Uh, that, I mean, it may not have worked for, for some... I mean, but it worked for some people. I mean, I came out of that episode pissed at Kane, feeling bad and kind of like, why is everybody picking McCreary over Octavia? Like, really? I mean, even though I can step, I can, that's not to say that I can't play devil's advocate. I'm just talking about like the way I was feeling. Mm -hmm. And I came out of that episode feeling sorry for Octavia, 
kind like kind of feeling like Bellamy was being like the reverse, like Octavia used to be morally like take the moral high ground to be kind of bitchy about it and he's kind of being bitchy back i guess this is how the blakes deal with their like, conflicts <laughs> um but i mean I, I being like kind of mad at clark i mean it was a mo i they i think they did a good job because i think it pu- it pushed a lot of people's buttons and people came out of it with very passionate yet different reactions as to who was right and who was wrong. Yeah. I feel like I was surprised. Like this was sort of the culmination of the first moment that we saw Octavia as like blood Reina in, in the second episode and sort of like moving us along, like very slowly making her more sympathetic, more sympathetic as we like finally started to see like, okay, occasional flashes of like, you know, her, clearly not wanting to like do the thing that this persona sort of that she thinks this persona would demand. Um, and so this was like an extremely sort of sympathetic episode, whether or not it came too late in the season is hard to say. Cause just because, you know, I think it could have come earlier if we didn't have all of these other stories, but in terms of, you know, her sort of layout of her character's journey, um, you know, to kind of wind up in, at the end of it, just being like, fuck, you feel real bad for her. Like, yeah. I don't feel bad for her. <laughs> God damn it, Shaheen. <laughs> I mean, she's a fucking asshole. And and like I feel like everyone is being stupid. Like I don't <laughs> agree with Clark, I don't agree with Kang. Everyone is being stupid. Like there's always there's I mean I think you have too much faith in the common man. I so. mean that that's the thing. Everybody kept kept tweeting after this. This conflict is so avoidable. This is so stupid. And I was like, why don't you guys pick up you the You think fucking- people are a lot smarter than they are. No, it's like, go read a newspaper. We're not. <laughs> but we're not. <laughs> exactly. There's conflict going on in the world right now that comes down to really stupid reasons. Because somebody doesn't want somebody else in charge, or they don't want somebody else to have this land, or they don't want this ethnic group or this religious group there. But usually the, the stuff that goes back hundreds of years, this it's resentment. That's been brewing. So why not just stop? Like, why not just stop being, you know, angry and offended? Like, I feel like it's more to the point of human nature to be sandy about things than it is to, like, need this Hatfields and McCoy No, I completely agree with you that they should just, one day they should just wake up. And say, that was was yesterday, that was my grandfather, that was my, you know, grandmother's generation, that's not me. Let's just stop this bullshit. But people don't. But people don't. But people don't because it's been going on for for centuries, and and their uh, you know their families died, and their love you know they they've been fucked over for for too long. But this is not that kind of situation. Um, so what are we talking know. about on the podcast today? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we. I mean, we're already talking about one crew. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what else about one crew? Like present present day one crew, not cannibal. Not yeah, past yeah. cannibal mm-hmm. one crew. Um, I mean, that was sort of just kind of filler. Like, even, like, the whole, like, if if Octavia had had the radio, like, they wouldn't have even needed, like, Bellamy in this. Like, it kind of felt a bit clunky of, like, trying to organize this just that they could, like, be like, and look, Kane has betrayed them. Um, you know, so, like, I... I was obviously more interested in, like, sort of the flashback stuff, but Cece, you have, like, way more notes about this. Well, I just was think I was thinking about how this whole, like, it was interesting to me that if you compare season three, and Echo was the one who was the point person for blowing up Mount Weather, mm-hmm. and Bellamy with, as Pike, Pike's lieutenant, attacking Indra's army, they were two of the people that, like, 
were were two main actors that for whatever their reasons fucked up the all everything that everybody else was doing to try and avoid conflict. Mm. And now, which which in season three, at least at the beginning of the season, was Kane and Clark, right? Like, so Kane's trying to do that both within um, within Arcadia and both like as a kind of ambassador, and Clark's trying to do that with Lexa. And this episode, it's the reverse. You have Echo trying to find a way for Octavia's army to get in that will avoid the like huge casualties as Dioza makes clear on both sides um, way that the war can unfold. And you have Bellamy like on the other side being like, get me a plan and being point person to Indra and, and Bellamy, this is like what, like the fourth iteration of a plan he's had to try and avoid conflict, right? Like he's like cut, I don't know how many deals trying to avoid a war. Going Master back. negotiator Bellamy. I mean, since get since, it in writing, buddy, like dude, damn, but like since five, like right. Since dealing with Dioza, Right after they rescued Clark, he was like, we'll share the valley. And he's been trying to do this for now seven episodes. And he is t- Kane. And he's right. fucking, he is old Kane this season. <laughs> and yes, I mean, even with a beard and two people <laughs> and, and the two people this episode that are critical in giving intelligence to fuck it up are Clark by telling McCreary that the eye about the eye and the 24 hour loop. And also she translated for him what echo said, because at the end of the episode, they know that they're four days out. And then obviously what Kane does along with Dioza and Dioza is asking him, who do we trust? Right? Like that's how that conversation is set up. Um, so you have to think that Kane persuaded Dioza. I like, we're not going with Octavia. So the two people who were the agents of chaos in season three, Echo and Bellamy, were like the two people that were trying to like find a way in this episode for for less people to die. And the two agents people, of chaos, I like that. That's, that's a way better ship name than Becco. That's sexy. Well done, Cece. I'm going to tell Bub. She'll be so excited. I don't want credit for that. <laughs> no, nope, all you gonna gonna get like a plane to fly it over. It's gonna be uh, awesome. Yeah. But anyway, so I just thought it was really when, when after the second time I watched it, I was just like, God, this is like so interesting. Who's doing what? Yeah, um, I mean that's why we love the show, right? <laughs> right. The yeah. characters. Um, yeah, you never know. But the other thing, Shaheen, um, the scene with Octavia and Bellamy. Mm-hmm. where I thought it was really, it, it, you know, based on our conversation last week where you were talking about family, like who's your family and who should be and whether it should be blood or not. Mm-hmm. That scene when she's like, this is what we, sh-, you know, this is the way we were meant to be, fighting side by side, which is also just really sad. Somebody put together like a fantastic gift set of all of the times in the series that they have been fighting side by side, which just made me... Really sad, but like it's poor Octavia. Damn, dude! Like, and, and, and she's what twenty two, twenty four. For him to say that to her, I mean, it went to commercial break, right? I can't remember. I had to pause it and like take a little walk. <laughs> it was really, Look at you really watching the legal version. <laughs> it was really, really upsetting. Yeah, that was uh, that was shocking. I mean, I never thought that Bellamy um, disowned Octavia but yeah I mean you I mean you get I mean just what what's happened this season I mean 
I get why. <laughs> but I mean, I, I in that scene, I mean, we had this like debate in our house. I was like, oh my God, that was such a fucking dick thing to say. And then my husband's like, but but she's threatened to kill his girlfriend, threatened to kill Clark, and threw him at a fighting pit. What the fuck? Like, why why does that surprise you that he would say that? Um, and I think it would like remind me of the conversation we had last yeah. week, like about, well, I, it's not that I don't understand why he's saying that or even respect that he's drawing that boundary because it's been kind of a fucked up relationship for many seasons now in terms of what he's been willing to take from her. But it still like wounds me to hear those two characters acting like that in a way that if it were two friends, I don't think it would have landed as harshly. And I don't, I don't know why. Yeah. So uh, let's move on to cave trolls. Wait, you have a thing about Miller. Yeah. Just like, (laughs) well, so first of all, like obviously everyone lost their minds about uh, Maverick being the word, the, the grounder word for pilot, whatever. Like obviously we just have to like call that out for people who didn't pay attention. But like Miller trying to like, you know, like fist bump or like shake hands or whatever it was with, with Bellamy, like for, you know, coming up with a plan. Like who the fuck does he think he is? Like who do you think you are, Nathan? Like you have been such like just a dick. Like, he's just been, like, this surly asshole, like, to everyone who's not one crew. And, like, come on. The like, only he's... time the only time he wasn't in this episode was when they when they were about to eat people. And he, like, winked and held hands. And it was, right? like, a romantic Max and Dean. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure Selena, I, I need to, to ask Selena about that. You know, if it was, like, everything that she, she hoped for when her ship, you know, gets fed. But I would like to point out that this episode... While we did see Harper and Jackson in the same episode, because they were in different timelines, this does not disprove my theory that this season that they are the same person. (laughs) I'm serious. Find me an episode, any listeners, that they both appear in, you know, in the same timeline, in in the same, you know, whatever. Um, Find me one, because otherwise, like, we're pretty sure that Harper's a ghost, or maybe she and Jackson are the same person. (laughs) Wait, and we are, we we are keeping a running count, right, of Harper lines per episode. I have my count at one. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that one was a stupid line, because she spoke in English, which completely negated the whole point of speaking Trigata slang. Um, Maybe Bellamy took his finger off the button? Well, no, because Echo heard it. Oh, well, then, yeah. God damn it. Yeah. And I know, listen, I know it's totally obvious, but I still think it's really cool that we're at a point that this story is at that our original characters are now speaking Trig to, like, for the reason it was created. It's pretty right? cool. Yeah. Like, right, it was created to so the mountain men couldn't listen to their communications, Right. right? which doesn't make sense that they wouldn't have captured a grounder before like reapering them and like learned trig or before draining them yeah yeah like something like you would think but you know hey yeah who am i so with that (laughs) let's move on to cave trolls slash space crew and i guess kane is the big deal here um before we talk about kane's decision um, Kane's choice. <laughs> Joe, you you had issues with him not trusting Octavia in the first place, right? Tell us about that. Oh, yeah. So, like, 
he's sort now that we kind of get to see sort of what happened and like I take major issue with with the way Kane behaved um in in the dark year. I mean, I could make an argument for the fact that like he didn't know like you know, for reasons of, of burdening him, Abby and, and to a lesser degree, Octavia didn't tell him sort of the, the conclusion that they reached in terms of like having to take away people's choice. But like the fact of the matter is like, she's like this because of you, because of your, like how long it took you to like, well, first of all, for his principled stance and then how long it took him to sort of like break under it or whatever. Um, you know, he should have, I don't know, known better. Um, well, wait, hold up. And then, I, and then Octavia lost her way to happily ever after a long time ago because of you. <laughs> wait, why? But because wait. it's your fault, Kane. Wait, hold. All right, I okay. okay. This is. Are you about to be a Kane apologist? I will. I will allow a Jaha apologist, but I will not. No, not I, in this house. I told you that I. This is like I'm. This is post time jump. <laughs> CC where I'm fucking angry at Kane all the time. Um, whereas before you, I like always agreed with him. But I think there's two different. Um, to me, there's two different actions that Kane took, and I just want to like p- piece them apart because okay. I I don't have a problem with the first, even though it's maybe not the choice I would make. I do have a problem with the second. Okay, ooh, so the, I'm excited. So the first being Kane in the flashbacks. Cain's choice to abstain and lead others in civil disobedience. Mm -hmm. It is an open question, and people were debating it today. It's an open question whether he knew that by leading people to to abstain from cannibalism, it doomed everyone else. Mm -hmm. That's a piece of information we actually don't have, right? Um, but we know that that Abby and Octavia didn't necessarily didn't tell him. Okay, so first of all, if he doesn't have the piece of information, then all it is is he's making a choice for himself and setting an example for others that if you if you think this is morally wrong and it's worth it to you to say I would rather die than do this, that's what he's doing and he's setting that example. Okay, so if he doesn't have if he doesn't have the piece of information, then that's all uh, that it dooms everyone. That that's all he's doing. That's number it's one. True. He might not have the piece of information from them, but like I also kind of think that he a would probably figure it out. Like he knew what happened with the blight on the ark. Like okay. he has that same information that Abby does. Which which you know is a, and now that I'm remembering that scene from five hundred two when they're handcuffed in the farm, mm-hmm. they did. He was there when she mentioned that blight, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe he has. So if he does have that information, he still. I may not necessarily agree with it, but he may. He is coming to the conclusion, like a lot of the debates in season four, that there are some lines that. I am unwilling to cross, even but, if it, it, oh, just let me finish. Even <sighs> even if it means, even mm. if it means our species goes extinct, and you may yeah. disagree, you may disagree with that. But to me, that's that's a principled stand. It may not be the choice I would necessarily make in that situation, but the, he's saying it's just not, some things are not worth it. Now you can go around and say that well, he takes away the choice from everyone else. Well, that and that's that's but. But I mean, so did Octavia. So he's taking away people's choice to say, 
he's taking away people's choice to survive with cannibalism and Octavia is taking away their choice to die without it. Here's the thing. I don't see why they couldn't just like be like, I mean, here's the thing. Octavia's way was super fucking brutal, but in some ways I kind of just wanted them to just be like, cool. So if you won't eat people, we can't let you starve to death because it will fuck everyone else up. So if you don't, like you're going to die eventually, you're going to die today. Well, and by the way, Kane isn't taking away anyone's choice. Kane personally is saying, I'm not going to do it. And other people are following his example. Sure, that is, but that is different than Octavia holding a gun to someone's head and saying, you have to do it. But he was in the script to screen, especially like he was like noted as very much like the ringleader and like sort of the, 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 the father of the movement. Right. Now, anyway, sorry. I, I mean, so I, I mean, that's the, so the second decision is the one to betray one crew and to, and to side with McCreary. Mm-hmm. And that's the choice. I don't understand. And maybe, maybe now that I, now that we're talking through it, maybe it is consistent. I, I don't know, but he is deciding like he thinks Octavia, he calls her the devil. Mm-hmm. I mean, that might be extreme language, but clearly they're using that language. Cause we're talking about the garden of Eden. Right. Um, and she likes to wear red. <laughs> but he is deciding, like his choice, he is knowingly now leading one crew instead of basically walking into the valley and being able to take it with little force. Um, now, he doesn't know that Bellamy has gotten Octavia to agree to not execute people. He doesn't have that piece of information. Yeah. So as far as he knows, Octavia can roll in. And, and kill him. And kill everybody or throw everybody in fighting pits. But he has decided that she is so terrible, he is willing to sacrifice all of her people just so that she won't be in control of whatever people are left in the valley. Right, and, what a prick. And, and that's, the, that's, that's the part that it, he's sacrificing everyone who is marching with her. And that's the, that's the part that I that I'm, for lack of a better word, like super angry at him about. Not the, the flat. I'm very cross. Yeah. The, or or I, I just don't understand the moral. I mean, I, I can devil's advocate it. Like I just tried to explain it, but I don't, I, I guess I have, I have a really hard time figuring out how a person gets to that place to make a choice to let all, like people on both sides, like you he basically just take the casualties from like a one to like a nine and possibly risk the whole place considering the weapons everyone has. That That's the part, the flashback, I may not agree with him, but I, I understand the, the principal choice he's making. So we'll definitely come back to the flashback to the um, first choice when we talk about Cannibal Crew. But Wait, what's your shaven thing? I just want to know why you think it's icky, and that's it. And then we can go wherever you want to take us, Shaheen. Well, I was just going to talk about Kane. Oh, damn it. Um, I thought you were moving us to, to a different... Um, no, I think you were talking about Kane's decision at the end, right? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead then. I just didn't want to skip over the shaven thing. Um, yeah, so... So I think what you said is exactly right, CC. Like, that's the only explanation. And it's pretty explicit, right? He says that I'm not letting the devil in the valley, which means that he's decided that it's better to have, like, to let half of the remaining human population die uh, than let Octavia rule over, um, let's say, two-thirds of it. And, yeah, I mean, I... 
<laughs> I mean, to be honest, I still don't understand why they don't just assassinate Octavia at this point. <laughs> there is like, she has no legitimacy. And the only people who would be mad is is Miller and like that grounder girl or and Nyla probably. And, like, who <laughs> well, the fuck? maybe maybe they will because at the end, um, you met the woman who's like Kara 2.0 was like, I'll let my people know. And she's wearing the commander ash on her forehead. Mm hmm. So, yeah. so, so, but, but yeah, so again, this, this is a problem I always have with, and, and this is kind of, this frustrates me because this show has been so good over the, the seasons, um, with avoiding this kind of thing, um, with, avo- uh, and what I mean is, uh, this show has been really good at avoiding, uh, the sort of far-fetched thought experiment type, um, moral dilemmas that really um, crucially hinge on a bunch of very dubious assumptions about what the possible courses of action are. It's kind of like, you know, the trolley problem. It's very contrived. You're never, in real life, you're never in that kind of situation where there's, yeah, there's no way to stop the train and it's definitely going to be that this person dies or five. That's a made-up situation that almost never happens. And what the happens thought experiment is missing. train? Sorry, what? Is there an option for if you leap off the train? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like in real life, there's always like more. <laughs> and your Monty. Your Monty. You're Monty. Oh, okay. That's a, okay. Yeah. No, yeah. I get that now. Sorry. And so, uh, and you know, that's the problem with these thought experiments because they ask you to take on assumptions that are very dubious. And it's not clear that your moral intuitions are reliable um, for that kind of situation that. Uh, first of all, you've never encountered in real life. You're never gonna encounter in real life. No one has, so no one has experience with it. So no one really has any wisdom. And secondly, it's um, you know the the assumptions are so far fetched that it's not clear what your brain is doing at that point. If you if you accepted that you know the only way that, you know like the only there are only two options: either let Octavia rule the valley, or uh, you know let let uh, McCurry murder them, then, you know, what else am I going to, are there fairies? Are there like, what else am I going to assume? Like my intuitions are not reliable at that point because you're asking me to assume a bunch of very questionable assumptions. That's really funny. That's really funny because Maddie, the actress who plays Maddie is a fairy in another show. (laughs) Oh yeah, I've totally (laughs) seen those pictures. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's, so it's like, it's, that's not a real situation. And this show has been so good with not doing this. Like everything they've been doing since season one, season two, season three, it's been very concrete, sort of close to home types of situations where they fill in enough details where you feel like, yeah, there really is no other choice or, or like, fuck, we got to do this. And like, we have five seconds to decide or something like they've, they've made they've created these amazing situations where you feel like, yeah, I really don't know what I would do. And this is something that could have totally could have happened. Um, Whereas this season is not like that. This season is always uh, the moral dilemmas are always hinging on like these weird assumptions. It's just not as it doesn't feel real. But I don't think that's new to this season. I mean, we had the slave episode, um, there's always been rules that the show lays out, whether it was with Allie or um, 
like er- earlier on with Mount Weather, like they can survive under this, but not with that. And like, I, well, I that's don't what think I'm that saying. That's- I think that's uh, that, I, that's not how, how I felt about uh, season two and three. I felt like the the details were filled in enough for us to feel like this is a real situation. This is a situation that could uh, plausibly conceivably happen. But yeah, so my point is, and it's the same thing with Kane. So it's not true that the only options are let Octavia reign over the valley or let McCurry win. There are other options. Radio. First of all, radio them, see what the fuck is going on. What are they going to do? <laughs> um, second of all, there's other like assassinate Octavia. There are other things you can do. What a big, hold on. Big, hold on. Kane. Kane was in the cave when they were radioing. He knows he knows the situation. He doesn't know about the like that they're gonna that they're gonna make peace, that they're gonna let him surrender. Well, I don't think I mean he doesn't, but I doubt Kane would have trusted that anyway. Um, yeah. But at just least like, it would have been more more I would have related to the problem to his choice more if that was Right. I, I guess I I approach this show the way I approach like <laughs> like like the bar exam where they give you a fact pattern and they're like, figure it out and you can't change anything in it and you just have to accept it. And then you have to like parse out. You just have to accept that those are the rules. Those are the rules of the situation that the writers laid out. Um, No, you don't have to accept it. It's the writer's job to convince you (laughs) that that's the case. I mean, but Shaheen sets for the bar (laughs) and you're, and you would fail the bar. It's not a bar exam. It's, it's a art, it's artwork. It's, it's a narrative. And the, the author is responsible for, um, convincing you that this is real. This was really necessary. This is, goes back to the Aristotle quote that I read. I, I, I just don't. Uh, like when Abby told Octavia, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, it just doesn't, I get, like, I'm not saying it, like, it just doesn't bother me at all. Like they're establishing, these are the rules of the problem. And so now given the rules of the problem, what choice would you make? Yeah. If there is not enough food and everyone's going to start, like, not that there's not enough food, but basically like if people refuse to eat protein, they will atrophy they will die. There won't be enough meat on their bones. But it's not true. You can put them to rest and eat them. You, you can tell them, them, hey, to you're going to die a horrible death. So why don't we just... Right, like, I'm saying that why, the methods we'll could have been you. a little bit different. We'll euthanize you and then, you know, we'll eat you. Problem oh, solved. Oh, for sure. Like, the way that they handled it was, like, pretty fucking extreme and rough. Um... So I can it's understand always in why. the back of my mind that this is not true. And so I'm not... Going but along I think, with the but problem, you're, oh, but I think everything Shaheen, seems stupid. Because but Shaheen, what's interesting is both he, like right now what we were talking about earlier in terms of conflict. I feel like you're assuming that people always act rationally and take the most rational option, and they don't. Like I wish that they would, <laughs> but they don't. And so there are, re- I mean, the fact that Octavia you have too much faith in humanity, and I don't think that the show necessarily does. No, no, I'm saying Shaheen has too much Right, and so they're writing from a standpoint where often a crowd descends into chaos, a leader leans on authoritarian methods to accomplish their goals, it's more effective to withhold the truth from people than to explain it. Those are all assumptions built into probably a pretty cynical worldview that's underlying the narrative. Sure, that's always been the case throughout 
all five seasons, but this is the problem with this season. Um, other seasons haven't done this. I mean, it has nothing to do with the mobs acting rationally. This is just a matter of uh, Clark or Octavia and Abby uh, saying, oh, okay, there's a solution. We, we euthanize them and use their body as food. I There's guess an I, I mean, obvious solution right in front of you, but and the I author is saying the writers are saying no, no, pretend like that doesn't that can't be. But um, I remember, but I remember listening to this podcast in season two, and you guys picking apart the Ton DC and saying why do they assume Bellamy will be caught, or picking apart right. the season two finale and saying, well, why <laughs> wouldn't Jesse with the receipts? Why wouldn't Jasper's? Why wouldn't Jasper's plan work? Why did they assume right? I mean, so. I, there's you can always say I I why couldn't you have done this and why couldn't you do done that absolutely and it's like fun to debate that I'm just saying like in this particular episode I, I personally just accepted the rules of the problem as laid out same mm-hmm. I mean it's with the Tan DC and Mount Weather thing it was still <laughs> believable at the time like it you you felt that I find this believable I did too you find what believable. That, like the, that there are the only two that, options. Either let Octavia rule the valley. No, 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 no. Necessarily, that there's only two options. I'm saying that I found that the path that the story took, and the choices that the characters made, that was believable. And bringing it back to Kane, because I was grappling with the same thing. Right, I at the episode ended, I was like, "What the fuck did you do?" And I, Kane, and when Marcus. he. And when he left, the last interaction he had with Octavia was a face-to-face conversation where he was begging her to change course and she didn't crack at all. Like yeah. he, he thinks that she, so the risk, the, the risk he has to calculate is McCreary is a murderer and everyone who follows him, I mean, the show, I don't like to generalize a group of people, but they haven't done an awesome job of showing us that there's a lot of not super scary murderer types. <laughs> right, like it's almost like from central casting, they're like, be menacing and growl a lot. And right? Like, really? I mean, I, I, um, on the other hand, or take the risk of letting Octavia in. The last time he was with them, everyone was fervently following her and hope that you can assassinate her and then people won't then kill him and everyone else who is involved with it. Right, so he's still under the assumption of crazy fucking one crew. Like, I, and I was super, um, that's not to say that I still don't think he made the right choice. I was just, I was trying to game out in my head, all right, what else could he have done? Everything has a huge risk. I think that that's, even though I don't like where he came out, I think that's, I just want to be like fair in terms of what he's facing. And he thinks, what he just, the last time he was with Octavia was 5.03, and she was scary as shit, and everyone was, fo- <laughs> no one followed him in his attempt to not fight, right? And so if he if he thinks, if he, if he lets her in, they assassinate her, and then everything will be okay is not going to work. Now, I don't agree with what he did. I'm just trying to, like, play devil's advocate to, like, Okay, what what's a possible justification? And it it is a risk, even to let her in and then hope you can assassinate her, and then people will be cool with that and live peacefully is is a risk. Mm-hmm. So, why do you have a problem with it? Because you think it would be better to let Octavia because rule he, the valley because, because the choice he made means many 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 more people are certainly going to die. 
Mm-hmm. Because as Dioza explained it. She had a pretty fucking good plan. And well, she said if they come in, like if my plan, there's if they actually confront each other, there's going to be massive casualties. We actually don't know how they're going to win the war. Maybe he has a way of winning the war without killing anyone. Because he said, we'll sh- tell you how to win the war. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, the, the promo looked like people getting mowed down. But yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't see the promo. <laughs> or like <laughs> flying in the air because of explosives. It didn't look good. <laughs> I mean, he's now letting a group of people walk into a trap. So whereas the other option was to let them sneak in and round everybody up and possibly avoid a full scale conflict at all. Right. And he wanted all of McCreary's men dead anyway. Like, well, like he remember before when Dioza was still in charge, Kane was like trying to find ways to like, kill off the undesirables it's like uh, his his plan doesn't make any sense like it makes me think that something must be like must happen because it does like yeah he's gonna kill off way more people like it's gonna be a blood bloodbath but then also like it, it just doesn't make sense to me because then McCreary's people will still like in theory win is that what he's trying to do because he hated them I get, it's a really interesting choice that both Kane and Clark have made to make their bed with McCreary because I, I don't, I don't like. He's a sexy dude. I don't know. I don't know what you want. <laughs> but I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I don't like, I don't like generalizing. And it was a little bit of a problem like in season one in the show where we hadn't been shown that much of the grounders. Mm-hmm. So I don't like. To say, like, Allegis seems like a really bad fucking group of people. So if I'm going to choose between two group of people to die, I don't, like, want to go down that path. But it just seems like Kane and Clark aren't thinking through what will it be like to build a life with a bunch of convicted, like, murderers. Like, like remember yeah. remember their files back yeah. at the beginning of the season? <laughs> like, you're going to... You Not want nice people. You want your 12-year-old daughter to like live in a valley with those people's rap sheets? Like what with the Vincent? F- like Clark's like your like predator is within one mile, like <laughs> locale is gonna be like Like it's just a constant amber alert in the valley after that point. Yeah. Um so Clark is a good segue to the to sexy Elegius, but um, let's talk about Shaven real quick. Yeah, I just I just wanted to. Uh, so <laughs> I think Shaven is a little icky, but I don't really have an explanation. I just feel like <laughs> you just find it an icky ship. Maybe it's is because, it your backo? Maybe it's because it was forced. Uh, it's just like they. It's fast. It's, it's a fast. little heavy handed. Yeah. Like him smiling at her and being like, "Is there anything you can fix?" Uh, it's, that's just gross. I don't know. <laughs> like their their flirting is doesn't doesn't sit with me and they're i don't know it's just well do you know why there has never i I have a question on this show has there ever been a romantic relationship that began with full-on flirting like this yeah that's a good point (laughs) i mean i guess it it really depends on how you Alexa, but no. Well, I'm I mean, like, no, no, no. I don't mean so. I don't mean like su- subtext and slow burn. And there's yeah, plenty, no. plenty of those. I mean, and and like Mamori was like kind of like, I, I mean, Amori like betrayed Murphy when she first met mm-hmm. him. So like, there has never been a meet cute online <laughs> and then flirt 
and kiss within six episodes, like, other than, like, what, Finn and Clark? Ugh. Yeah. Clark. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it, it is a little bit like, wait, is this really happening? Wow, this is fast. Who's but, dying? <laughs> right. I mean, but maybe that, that would not be abnormal on any other television show. <laughs> no, but like, oh, my God, what if this is it? Like, what if, God, what if they're going to kill Raven? No. I don't know, but like, what if? But okay. no, I, I'm kind of with you, Shaheen. Like, it's fine. But like, at the same time, I'm just like, I guess like that's this is not what I'm here for. Well, I like him. I love her. I do think like that scene where they she was crying and they were talking about both having a parent that has. Mm-hmm. I thought that I was like, they have chemistry. This is good. But then it just like moves really, really fast. Um, but that said, that was a good kiss. i enjoyed looking at at gifts of that kiss that was a good kiss and i needed a fucking good kiss in this entire season they've given me nothing so no 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 becco kiss the passion the the shirts off that didn't i don't want to talk about that you're talking to the wrong person i feel like we need like a like a podcast safe word (laughs) (laughs) please please no thank you (laughs) it was not i will say this I want. I was really happy to have a kiss that I could fully enjoy, and so I fully enjoyed it. Even if I, I agree, it's super fast. Um, yeah. It just seems so like wholesome. It doesn't seem like the hundred. Yeah, I'm like, mm, I saw, like, I don't trust this. What, what's, what's, what's the angle on this? Has no. I mean, I guess he. Wait, 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 wait. He did betray her, right? Yeah. So not, not so clean. <laughs> and like you know, and Echo she, betrayed she, him. She almost decided to. To uh, murder him. have him murdered, yeah. <laughs> but oh still, God. they're flirting. Nobody flirts on this show. Oh my God, look at this fucking show. We're like, they're so wholesome. They've only betrayed and threatened to kill one another <laughs> once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Whatever. She's hot. He's hot. It was a good kiss. Hot people. Everyone yeah. else is fucking tortured and miserable. Just let hot people make out. Yes, just let hot people make out. It's great. <laughs> Um, well, there's there's a lot of free porn on the internet if, if that's what you're looking for. <laughs> I need more plot, Shaheen. I need some plot. Okay. Uh, Some there's of them a lot have of plot. <laughs> <laughs> I actually saw a porn movie recently that was like really good. Like the acting was good and the the story was like I was really impressed. I was like Was it a Fast and the Furious knockoff? No, it was this thing where it was like a saw sort of thing. What? But oh the thing Jesus! Was, what porn are you watching? Oh but they God. had to have sex. Like the thing was, you oh. can't get out of the room unless you have sex. Okay. Okay. Uh, so it was, it was really good. I was like, who watches this? Because it was like there was a. So th- this sounds like fit? rape. That sounds like rape. <laughs> there was like thirty minutes of like groundwork. Anyway, Wait. let's um let's move to sexy Eligius <laughs> with with that. <laughs> Speaking of sexy, um. <laughs> So I, I agree that Clark I, I felt, Oh my god, felt, I almost sorry, I almost spit out my beer. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's gross or yes, because yes. of pornography. Because <laughs> here's the thing, Cece, like I know that you're saying that this is a negative. Like you have to accept the writer's premise that they both want to bang on on uh, on the saw porn. So like, you know, yes, it being non-consensual is a, is certainly a valid choice, but the writer's premise on the porn on the, on the porn is that they do want to bang. I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
Shaheen, you broke me. I do not accept the premise. <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah, I, I felt that Clark's choice was um, short-sighted, too. Like... You what? and Maddie. Like, it just sounds like she she... She's just thinking, like, I'm gonna... I kept Maddie alive one more day. Like, I got through today and she's alive. But she's not thinking, like, okay, what's going to happen tomorrow? Or Yeah, I know. mean, she even says that. She's like, well, think about that tomorrow. That's yeah, and problem. what? Like, think about what? Like, are you going to live under McCurry's rule? And, yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. Who threatened like, to kill you today? And, like, how many people are going to die because of... So, I don't know, like... Yeah. I guess it, it's just, it's supposed to be, you know, the whole justification for it is Clark saying, now you're, you're my people, which you had a comment about this, Joe. Did I? Where, um, um, where she says, guess what? Yeah. Now you're my people. Oh yeah. I just, I, I, I liked, um, Hey, that was an amazing line delivery. Like, cause mm-hmm. it kind of straddled the line of like the guess what? I don't know. It kind of reminded me of like. It let us know that she was like young still, but also like, I don't know, I just like the sassing between them. Um, mm-hmm. But I kind of wish that we had some more explanation of exactly how the flame worked. Because um, like, does I guess that that does mean that Clark got uploaded into the flame for Maddie to be able to pull those words out. Because I thought yeah, she was getting it from Lexa. But well, I mean, there was never but the Barrett. So I don't so they, they don't, I bear it so they don't have to. She never said that mm-hmm. to Lexa. I mean, at least not on screen. <laughs> well, but context is key, and I don't think that that's what they were talking about either. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, I guess, I mean, that's a good that's question. That's a question mark. So is Clark, as of the season three finales, consciousness and memories inside Maddie's head? Mm-hmm. The, I mean, the other question I had is when Maddie says we're on the wrong side of this war and and why is the flame why has the ai concluded that because the ai knows that there are many two that the that the allegis crew the prisoners are a bunch of fu- it's a sausage fest like <laughs> so i mean the so ship. the so the, fl- so the flame has concluded that based on the stories abby told because Maddie says, you know what Octavia had to, you know what they had to do. Why are you still judging Octavia? So the flame taking that information from Abby and based on Maddie's observations of who they've come across so far of Allegis, the flame has concluded that or that's it, all Maddie that it wants one crew to win. Either that or it's just how Maddie feels like, because again, like we, we are saying, why the fuck is she siding with McCreary? And we do not have a flame in our head, like analyzing. (laughs) I mean, there are a lot of arguments in favor of letting one crew win. I mean, a, they're, they have, they they have a much larger, they have a much larger population. I was just going to like, they, this 800 of them versus like, I don't know, 150 or maximum 300 people. And you know, and so that's one thing. And then, you know, there's, it's more diverse. Like they have, um, both like they have different genders and they also have like, um, people who know what to, how to farm and, and how to fix mechanical shit. And how to press like rewind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so they have like engineers and whatever. And, and also like, it's the people that they've known the longest, the people that they're attached to. 
it used to be anyway. Um, so there are a lot of reasons to let uh, one crew win. There aren't what? that many reasons to let McCurry win. What are the reasons for letting McCurry win other than Octavia is awful? Um, it's not even that Octavia is awful for Clark. It's that she believes that Octavia is a threat to Maddie. Like that's the right. only thing that she's that she cares about. But, which but does McCreary, make her a bit short sighted. But McCreary threatened to kill Maddie in that episode. Yeah, exactly. Like Clark is, you know, it's it's like the difference of like nine out of ten or ten out of ten. You know, like or McCreary is ninety eight percent chance going to kill them, and Octavia is ninety nine percent chance going to kill them. <laughs> like Clark is not doing great right now. No, she's like, I mean, mean, that's, uh, it reminded me of Bellamy throwing away the radio. Like, that's where she's, she's at. It's mm -hmm. like extreme partialism and not thinking through, I mean, she doesn't have all the information just like he didn't have all the information, but it's like not thinking through the consequences and she's just thinking about like the two of them. Yeah. It's like the least, it is, I mean, it, I guess this kind of segues into the conversation she had with Maddie about like, you never painted yourself as the hero and I'm ashamed of you. And it's interesting because we were talking last week, is Clark the hero or is she just the protagonist? Um, but man, I mean, Clark Griffin has never been less like, what's the right word? I mean, she's still strategic. So she still knows like what information can she can leverage with McCreary? Prudent. I just, it's like she's not seeing the forest through the trees. I, myopic. I, myopic. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's like extreme. I mean, it's like what Shahino always saying, like the the partialism. The this is like an extreme. This is right. as extreme a form of it as we have seen, like since Bellamy was on the ground and only cared about keeping Octavia safe. Yeah. Um, I, I have to say though, I'm not sure what the chances are of McCurry killing them. I'm not sure what McCurry would do or if, even if he would care to kill them. Yeah, I them. mean, he's also like, he's also just like a sketchy dude. Um, like you just get this vibe about him and you're like, dude, dude's I fucking mean, sketchy. Yeah. He is. I mean, on the other hand, he, he made, remember when he made that deal with Murphy mm -hmm. and, and when they brought him into the camp, I was like, oh, Murphy is for sure screwed. But then when he when Murphy brought him intel, he was like, you and your friends better get out of here. It's like, a little honor among thieves. <laughs> a, a little yeah, bit. I mean, he's not like totally erratic and unreliable, I would say. Um, he is able to follow through plans and promises and things like that. We kind of don't know what his vision is. We just don't trust his intentions and his, you know... We just don't think he's a good person. But, but I don't. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think. I don't think he has a vision. I think you're choosing. Like, what's his it, fucking plan? Yeah, I think yeah. your cho your choices are a valley run by a dictator or a valley that is chaos. <laughs> and but those like, are the how long can chaos even happen? You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, I mean, as far as Clark is concerned, the choices are um, either Maddie dies for sure. Or, or Maddie maybe, dies, maybe. Maybe we don't die, yeah. Um, and I guess, yeah, that I guess I see that, but I still, like, again, it, it, it crucially hinges on the assumption that those are the only options, and I don't see that. Um, right, I mean, right, because like Kane, 
Clark could take the risk of you let, because I mean, Bellamy actually, which she doesn't know is that Octavia is probably not going to be coming after Maddie because she told Bellamy, she made a promise that she, she doesn't know. Clark doesn't know Bellamy's alive. Well, no, she didn't. She heard them on the radio. Right. Did she? I mean, they had to cut the, they had to cut the, I mean, that's a question I had. They had to cut the call short because they thought Clark would be listening and understands Trig. And at the end, McCreary knew that they were only four days out marching, which was the information Bellamy had conveyed. Well, Clark told him that. Yeah, but, but how did Clark know that unless she listened to the radio call? Oh, she knows how long it takes to get from Polis to, to the Valley. So you don't think it was because they were correct that she was listening? There was, I didn't see any evidence that Clark was listening or that um, the Eligious people were, were listening or like the oh. courage people were listening. Okay. I was, because I was yeah. wondering how do they know it's four days, but that makes sense because Clark's done the journey. So she knows it takes five days. Cool. Yeah. Um, speaking of it taking five days. Um, <laughs> That's a segue. Like it's, wouldn't it be, so Abby said that McCurry and his people would die in a week. Um, wouldn't it be better to just wait it out? <laughs> like, just hold out. Like, it takes five days to get there, so ba- basically they have two more days. Um, but they're but they but he gave them twenty four hours. He was going to kill all three of them. I mean, well, they could have they could have taken one for the team and let him kill all three of them, not cure them, and there would be no conflict. Yeah, yeah or they could have just like bolted it, like. Clark is good at that. Like they could just like <laughs> just go hide for, for just take take your take your in recovery uh, detox mom throw <laughs> yeah. her over your shoulder. Abby looks pretty skinny. Um, so here's the thing with Abby: they're not going to kill Abby no matter what she does, right? Like if she refuses to treat them, what good is it to kill her anyway, right? Like cause, no, but they could torture her. Like as as Raven said, you know, torture has a way of of changing people's minds. Um, I guess, yeah. One thing that I do find somewhat interesting about this show, and I don't know, I I don't think it's because of the CW, I think that it is, like, something that, um, that this show very consciously does. Um, this show could go a lot harder into sexual violence, and it it always surprises me that it doesn't. Yeah, Uh, there is And I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I, I don't, I don't sadly don't know how realistic it is, but I love not having to watch it for once. For yeah. Sure. Like, I mean, they made some, they have definitely like made some weird and slightly squicky mistakes and like decisions. Um, but for the most part, like, you know, and if this were HBO and like Clark, Maddie and Abby are like hostage of prisoners, like this is not a show that I would want to watch. And so no. I appreciate, <laughs> I, I, if, if this I, were Game of Thrones, all three of them like would have been raped Two episodes ago, for sure. Yeah, like, he is for sure a Joffrey. Um, but I think that is because Game of Thrones doesn't have a single woman in the writer's room, and The 100 has a ton. Right, like, you can create, like, tension and conflicts, like, without that. Right. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, sorry, it just occurred to me. We can move along. Yeah, no, that's a that's an interesting observation. It's just ni- nice there's to not have to watch there's it. Surprise, yeah, there's a surprisingly small amount of rape. Um, especially if you think about, like, you know, all these horny prisoners. Yeah. 
Yeah. And there's not, and there's like, I mean, I've, uh, there's what, like three, I've seen like what, three or four women. Yeah. It's, it's How all are a bunch they of, holding up? <laughs> it, it's, but that's the thing is that's not like something that they have done in this world. And so I'm like, Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. That's the future we have to look forward to. There's two apocalypses, but zero rape. <laughs> everyone wants to murder everyone, but no one rapes. Occasional <laughs> nebulous sexual coercion. Um, in yeah. Murphy's case, I guess. But that was actually pre-apocalypse, pre-second apocalypse. So maybe the second one is what <laughs> really did it. I mean, there's there's full equality between men and women. So maybe what flows from that is that men stop raping women. That's, yeah. Because you're like, oh, that's, we can we can solve this with words. I mean, I guess we should note at this point that men also get raped. Like um, on the sh- uh, men do on get this, raped on this show. On the show, men get raped on the no, show. No, I mean in women. reality that men. Oh are well, also, yes. yes, men are also victims of sexual violence and yes. sexual abuse. Yes, yes, but no, but um, no one, but only Murphy has been kind of. I think they didn't realize it, but he was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They play again. I say mistakes on this show because you're like, why are we playing sexy guitars? Oh my god! Oh my god! But think about it, Shaheen. Now that you say that, I mean, considering that this is a group of prisoners, if this mm-hmm. was a different show, they would have been making those kinds of comments like left and right, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Cool. <laughs> what What's next on this happy fun podcast? Yay! No sexual violence. Yay! Yay. There's cannibalism. There's murder. There's genocide. <laughs> that's cool shit. That's shit I want to see. Yes. <laughs> Anything else about um, Eligius? Uh, only that. Only one thing. Mm-hmm. That and this actually goes mostly back. Like this kind of leads into, I guess, Cannibal Crew. No, um, wait, wait, wait. But if you're wait. if you're totally segueing to Cannibal Crew. We did not. We did not say that Paige Turco's performance in this episode was phenomenal. Was phenomenal. Like she was great. I'm so glad that we final that Abby finally got like some of her own story. Mm-hmm. Well, and just like watching someone go. I mean, I know that it's detox doesn't normally happen just in a day, but it was fucking awful. Oh no, it's that's that's something that you can do. Rapid detox. I actually did like as soon as I watched this episode. Like you can do it. There's two different kinds. Um, one of them is with like mild, uh, like sedative and it like takes about two days to do. And then there's another one that like, they, they actually put you under general anesthesia. Um, so in theory, you don't remember any of it, but I think, and it takes a couple of hours, which is, I guess what they were trying to do with her, which is why she was freaking the fuck out. Um, because it is, that's why they put you under general anesthesia. It was, yeah. And you, as you, you had mentioned this in your notes, Joe, that it was like never, it was like never more. Oh Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess I did say something smart in my notes. Um, yeah, just that uh, like when when Abby was like, she decides who lives and who dies. Like it was totally um, the show's second time that they like tie a lady to a bed who's like wearing scary, like you don't look so great makeup and who's like saying really mean truths to people. Uh, I will speak uncomfortable truths as I am bound to this bed and screaming. <laughs> exactly. It was yep. like The Exorcist. It was great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh my God, that's probably actually where the visual comes from because that is totally what happened. The exorcist, like the devil, like was talking to you and like trying to like, you know, like made that one guy jump out the window. Like that's totally it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Oh. So what was your segue? Oh, 
just that like people being like, oh my God, Octavia doing all that. Like, and I, you know, ignoring your premise that they had another option in terms of how they killed the people. But like, if we're just saying that like Octavia killed her people to ensure that this happened, like Clark would have done the same fucking thing. Also Clark, I mean, Octavia killed five. How many people did Clark and Bellamy and Monty kill in Mount Weather? Right? Like, like, shut the fuck up about body counts. <laughs> Damn, y'all. Wait, you're saying if Clark was in the bunker? Yeah, like if she were in Octavia's position. Like, absolutely Clark would have killed people. Like, I, she... I yeah. think, I think that, I mean, I don't know if, are we segueing into, should we take like a... Yeah, is do you guys want to take a break? Yeah, Just is this our break? last segment? I think it is. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Next one is Cannibal Crew. Yay, all right, cool. Uh, five minutes? Ten minutes? Yeah, five's cool. Cool. I think how Wait, are most... we having the discussion? Because I was going to do a segue. Oh, do a segue. <laughs> Sorry. Um... But but when you edit it, just leave it at this. <laughs> just because I want, like... Wait, because... what? Leave it at what? What? Like, like, don't try to, like, splice this around. No, I just, totally like, will. Just, like, leave us, like, coming back from the... Birth. Okay. Wait, <laughs> like, really? this is a disaster. I'm not going to let people listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> People don't have no idea what the, the original, the master sounds like. <laughs> well, apparently, I don't know either because Bubs was mad that you cut out her unipo- unicorn dick question. Well, to be which, fair, like, that was what? off record. That was like in the, that was like the discussion we're having now. It was like, just like, just banter before we start. It wasn't part of the thing. So it and would it either have to be a cold open or it would get cut out. Like it wasn't part of the whole so Man. <laughs> So speaking of Clark doing the same thing as Octavia, um, let's move on to See? Cannibal Crew and talk about Octavia's choice. Uh, I guess we already talked about it a little bit, so let's just pick up where we left off. Um, yeah, um, I guess what I again like my issue was that I just didn't feel like these were difficult decisions because I didn't get along. I didn't. I get off, got off the boat with the um, non-moral. Um, assumptions that were involved with the you know the descriptive assumptions not the normative ones and so I just felt like yeah this is not a difficult situation it's not a Mount Mount Weather it's not a Ton DC Um, and I was just I just felt like everyone was just being stupid (laughs) well I think I think that there's a couple I love that I can hear when you like Embrace the bridge of your nose. <laughs> like, I just imagine you like pyramiding your fingers oh my over God, the bridge I, of your nose. How did you know that? Because A, we've hung out in person and I've like received the like the brunt of this before. <laughs> this like it's 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 the it's the like it's your way of doing the pause before like breaking it down. <laughs> and so I just I I I don't want you to become self-conscious about it since you guys have made me self-conscious about my catchphrases apparently but um i just appreciate that like i can tell when I mean, it's i'm happening. pretty much adopting oh your AD stuff so <laughs> i'm crying because i was doing it as you said that i that know was so i could hear it fucking creepy <laughs> <laughs> so what are you gonna say Cece? all right uh, okay um I think so there's 
this, I, I, what I loved about what they did with the flashbacks is that it's like a, it's like an onion of moral dilemmas. Look, right? Like there's so many layers of moral dilemmas that I actually last night was like trying to, when I, we were like writing our notes. I mean, I just want to, the first thing is I want to come back. I think we like, you guys raise really, really good points about why do we actually have this taboo of cannibalism. But I think that does a little disservice to, I think, whether we think it's rational or not, most people worldwide would have squicked out would have a serious fucking problem and not want to do this but what if what if everyone is like weird like me and possibly (laughs) shaheen and like but nobody wants to admit it and like everyone is deep down really kind of chill with cannibalism but like it seems like like, i mean people are grossed out by it and they think it's disgusting but i feel like if they were in the situation they would they would probably get over it. They would be like, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's gross, but like, it's not immoral. So delicious. Uh, no, no. I mean, I think there's a there's a lot of different kinds of there's a lot of different kinds of moral objections. The way some people, the way some of the people, some of the dialogue made it seem like it was almost. Um, I it wasn't quite, but it seemed a little bit like maybe it was like sacrilege you know what i mean like there was a sure. little and, and 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 indra like like uh, indra the fucking mvp like this whole season give it to indra right so she astutely cloaks it in in like a prayer like right mm-hmm. so if people feel like it's sacrilege then cloak it in something sacred in a ritual so that makes you feel like it's like transforming something that you feel is like sacrilege into something that's a sacrament um, indra's fucking brilliant <laughs> Right, so I, I, I think even I th- love her. I, even though I think if we were like as armchair quarterbacking or like, look, if you're starving, but but it still would be. <laughs> I don't want to like. You make it. You make it so that your people aren't as distressed about that. Well, but as I just, it becomes a part of no, their lives. I just want to recognize in the discussion that most people would be really fucking distressed to do yeah. this. They really, sure. they really yeah. would. And the and the man who's the first one to stand up to Octavia, it's his fucking brother. Like it is the most I know possibly. This, like uh, we don't know from but his, he was in a fighting pit. His so brother his brother else. died the day before yeah. and there's a piece of human flesh in front of him, processed or not. That is unbelievably fucked up. So I I don't want like I absolutely, like, totally get what you guys were saying before. I just think, like, if we take the air out of that, like, it doesn't, it kind of does a disservice to the story because I think both in the scenes and in real life. We're accepting the writer's premise that this, that they are real fucked up about it. Well, I, I just don't think it's the writer's premise. No, I'm, but I like, would be, I would be super, I personally probably would do it, but would be incredibly fucked up about it. Sure. And, and I'm not saying, like, at the end of the day, if you ask me to, like, write down, like, the rationale for why I think that's fucked up and I think it's okay to eat a cow, like, I, 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 don't, I, I get that. But I'm just saying, like, it's a, 
I don't know what it is, but it feels yeah. super fucked up. And I think sure. it's, it, I think it's interesting that they're making us really think about that and like explore it and maybe prepare us all for one day when <laughs> I don't know. There's like massive food shortages and we have to. <laughs> I don't know, but like yeah, I mean th- that's the least problematic part of it. Um, it's totally um, understandable that. Um, a bunch of people would refuse at least on the first day or whatever. And, you know, people would feel like, especially if there's some religious reasons behind it or something that they think this is just wrong. Um, but they withheld information. I still think that, like, if you explain to them the what the situation is, people have the ability to realize it's not immoral because you're not uh, dealing with a moral agent. It's just an object. So it's not immoral. So whatever else you want to call it, you're not doing anything immoral. So that should, like, I think most people would, I guess, I don't know if, if there's like, Octavia mentioned sin. So that makes it sound religious. So if, if you have some sort of like metaphysical belief that this is wrong, no matter what, even though you're not dealing with an, with a moral agent, then um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, and there are a lot of, I mean, not only what was being hinted at in the show, but in the real world, in a lot of faiths, it's a sin. So, I mean, it doesn't come up a lot. <laughs> but, I, you know, so I think that that's like a hurdle, a realistic hurdle in the minds of the people that were in that cafeteria that I, I just wanted, like, to put that squarely back in because I thought that that was, that actually was very realistic. Um, but so the two moral problems I was thinking about, and I'm so glad that we have Shaheen to like help us work through them, is I still, this is not, even though the decision to have people fight in the fighting pits was made before the decision to eat people, mm-hmm. the decision to continue that criminal justice system is a decision that those people in the bunker make every day. So it is not a situation like Jamestown where you had people starving and then people died of starvation and then those bodies are left over and then people ate them. It is a system that is structured to force people to fight to the death. And then you are now leveraging that to then eat them. Instead of saying, I mean, right, like if we want to talk about what are other scenarios you could have done, you could have had Abby like present, here's the situation we're in, this is why you need protein in the very scientific way that she did to Octavia behind the scenes. This is what happens if people abstain. If we, if, do we have volunteers like, Mm -hmm. like the calling? Do we have people Mm -hmm. who will step up and do it? Like when there were a lot of different ways that you can handle it. So I, right. Mm -hmm. So I think the first moral dilemma is that people are being compelled to fight to the death. And then that is the supply. Like, so that's the first, at least like, as I was looking, I was like, that's dilemma number one. So when all of us are like shrugs, they're dead anyway. It's like, well, no, they're not dead anyway, because they just died. They're died. They died because every day there, that society is choosing to force people to do that. But it, but it serves other purposes just then, then it, it's, it's, it's a, it's an entertainment and crowd and control crime. issue yeah. as well. Like, I mean, I, I guess the point is yeah, that like, yeah, even, if this, even if we didn't need their bodies for food, they would have died in the pit anyway, because they're, because they committed a crime. 
Right. It's not directly Octavia having her guards go out and shoot 30 people and then eating them. It's one step removed, but I don't know at the end of the day if it's that. I guess like it would be really fucked up if they try to like intentionally stir up some crime. Frame people because the the freezer's yeah, getting like, low. Yeah, or like just like cause crime, or like cause people to commit crime just so that they have more food. Um, well, I mean, Octavia comments like she makes that like super fucked up joke that if they criminalize cannibalism, that'll fill up yeah. the fridge. Like or criminalize not being a cannibal. so. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. All right. Sorry. So I mean, there's a lot of discussion about leveraging the criminal justice system and i don't i mean given our real world i I don't know it was really interesting that like it's this really fucked up criminal justice system that is then cannibalizing its Mm -hmm. own people i don't know i'm gonna have to think a lot more if they were trying to make a more real world commentary with that I feel like there's like a little piece of something there, but I haven't thought it all the way through. But um, it's that. So that's like the first moral dilemma, and then the second one is the the problem of if people that it's not just an individual choice. The choice is if you abstain, then you're dooming mm-hmm. everyone else. Yeah. So that's that's the big question, right? So the the issue is. I mean, it's really complicated because on the, uh, it's also not just like one person's decision. It's not even like a Luna type situation or, you know, where it's like um, you by by choosing this course of action, taking yourself out of the equation, other people will die like a killing, killing versus letting die situation. Because like, it's not enough if one person does it. if if only Kane abstains, that's not a problem. But if enough people do it, then it becomes a problem. And it's always hard to judge whether an action is immoral um, because if enough people do it, it will be bad. Like, you know how, like, when you go to, like, the national parks and it says, like, and you go to, like, Yellowstone or whatever, it says, like, don't throw stones in the in the hot springs. And <laughs> I did not know this. <laughs> Uh, and yeah. it's like, well, if, if why are you not supposed to throw stones in the hot spring? Well, that's the thing, because if everyone does it, then it will ruin the hot spring. <laughs> but the thing is, you can pick one up and throw it and it will be no problem if if you're the only one who does it or if, you know, maybe. If te- oh, like it'll fill up the basin. Yeah. I, or like it will change the chemical composition of it and it will just I don't I don't know what exactly happens, but. Okay, got it. Some, Sorry, yeah. I, I I was just really confused by that. That's not where I expected this this to go. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's like if is that immoral if I throw a stone in the hot spring? Because if I do it, I mean, assuming ruining the hot spring is an immoral thing, um, is it immoral if one person does it? If, what if two people? What if ten people do it? Right? Is there is like a threshold after which it will be a problem? Um. So that's one thing that makes it complicated. And then the other thing is, again, like, is it, are you, is this an instance of killing or is it an instance of letting die? And and one thing, I wish we had Bob's on here because this is a, a great example where intentions... You and hate com- us, Shaheen. 
Huh? Yeah. You hate us. <laughs> you you wish you wish we were bubs. I see how it is. <laughs> I didn't say I wish it replaced one of you guys with bubs. We could have a oh. four person podcast. We can have a four way. <laughs> oh, Cece. <laughs> oh, oh, is is that is that the line? Is that is the line? Is that... You don't ship people in real life. Oh no, I, a four way podcast. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Shane. <laughs> this is why he wants bubs on the podcast, <laughs> so they can go back to unicorn dicks. <laughs> Right? How could you cut that anyway? <laughs> this is a, apparently a, a sin. No, sorry, you had a really good point. Sorry. So, <laughs> no, I was just going to say I wish we had Bob's on here because this is an instance where uh, intentions and consequences come apart. And um, so, if you're if you're more um, if you're a consequentialist, then you would say that yes, it's absolutely immoral what Cain and his his gang are doing um, because of the consequences because it causes, um, you know, extinction of humanity. Sure. Um, and, you know, assuming that's a bad consequence. But if you're an intentionalist, um, then, it, then, you know, like if you take like uh, the um, quintessential intentionalist, Schopenhauer says that there are three types of actions. There are actions that, uh, stem from uh, egoism um, and their like your self selfish interest and there are actions that stem from um, um, compassion or empathy and then there are actions that stem from malice and he says that it's it's based on the on which intention which which motivation is causing it that we judge whether an action is moral or not. So if you do something out of compassion, then it's a moral act regardless of the consequences. If you do something out of malice, then it's a bad act regardless of the consequences, or immoral act regardless of the consequences. Um, and so then in this case, Cain and his people, their, their intentions are pure. They don't intend to kill anyone. Um, it's just... It just so happens that that's what follows from their actions. And, you know, you can, like, and, and if, you, if you're a Kantian, which, you know, you can lump them with intentionalists, but Kant is a little different. He says that um, on, the only things that are immoral are things that violate someone else's agency, that take away someone else's choice. Um, and it you're not directly taking anyone else's choice away by not eating. Um, so I don't know, again, you could say, well, if we assume, if we take on the dubious assumption that this results in everyone dying, then um, maybe you are taking away the choice. I don't know, but it's not something like, because the typical examples of Kantian wrongs are things like lying to someone or, um, you know, enslaving someone because the idea is that um, when you lie to someone, um, you, you're violating their agency because they couldn't possibly consent to it. So one of the formulations of Kant's um, categorical imperative is that um, they couldn't possibly consent to it. And what that means is if they consent to it, then it's no longer 
the act that it was. So if I consent to you lying to me, then it's not a lie, right? If I know that you're telling me a falsehood, if I tell you, yes, please tell me a falsehood, then it's not a lie. It's just you telling me a falsehood. Or if I consent to being, uh, being a slave, then I'm not a slave anymore. So, you, you, so the idea is that it's conceptually impossible to consent to it. Um, whereas in this case, it doesn't seem to be that way. Like you can, the people who want to eat the meat, they can, they can consent to the other people abstaining. They can say, yeah, that's fine. You can go ahead and abstain. Um, it's not conceptually impossible, even if that means that they're going to die. So, yeah, so it's, it's very, it depends very much on whether you judge actions based on their, um, what they spring from, what the, the, what drives them, the, the motive, the intention, or whether you're judging by the consequences. I mean, but can they, I think... I think the issue that I sort of took with it is the way that they, well, I mean, A, this could have been solved by sort of explaining to people that like, sorry, you, you know, we need you to not have a moral objection to this, or at least don't act on it because it will doom other people. I think that like, they went for the shock value for sure yeah. to like give rise to the, other, like, I think that this is an instance where they could have gone to the people and explained it, and I think that it probably would have worked out well. And not only that, if you had... Um, and you can always kill them afterwards. Like, you can always try and then kill well, them. Well, right, and honestly, like, it's it's really easy on day one or day two to say I have a moral objection and I'm not going to eat. Mm-hmm. Wait a couple weeks when people are starving. Like, yeah. I mean, not as far as what Abby was saying, but maybe wait a few weeks and when people are, like, you're... You may compromise your principles when you are starving or being yeah, tortured. That's kind of right? what Octavia said. She was like, they'll eat when they get hungry. Right. And, and Abby, Abby just gave this hand wavy thing about like, no, they won't. It's going to happen on the arc too. Um, so you guys are agreeing with me. Like it, it really depends on these intermediary assumptions being true. And no, not. no, I think it was a bad. No, no, no. I think that there were. I I ex- what I accepted what Abby said that if it goes on too long, here's the risk. We're not going to have yeah. anything left to eat. What I'm criticizing is their policy choices of how to handle it. But I also understand that like that was like a path that that while I might not have agreed with, I can absolutely say was plausible. Well, and not only that, I mean Octavia, it, like if you want to look at it in terms of lives lost versus lives saved. Uh, those five people she shot, now they could have certainly changed their minds, right? If this is only day two. Um, but those five people, as of that t- moment, were choosing to die, whether by starvation. Um, I mean, that first guy probably, I don't know, maybe he thought she wasn't going to shoot. But, I mean, somebody pointed out on Twitter, like, her shooting them, they were choosing to die anyway. It was just a matter of whether they die by the bullet or die from starvation. Now that yeah. assumes they won't. Now they can feed other people. Well, that, and that assumes that they won't change their mind once that they have been starving for weeks, for sure. Um, but if you want to look at it in terms of just purely, and Shaheen, like, correct me if if I'm using the wrong terminology, but is it just utilitarian, like, lives saved versus lives lost? Octavia mm-hmm. killed five people and saved who knows how many who were walking out with Cain and would have died of starvation. And then you have the like 
trickle down effect of that everybody else dies. Right. So even yeah. though it seems horrific that she took a gun out and shot those, what is it? Was it four or five people in the head um, to try and like, co- like basically using terror to like shape the public will like super fucked up, super fucked up. Like I'm not in, and like, but but, 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 also but, showed... but if you look at it purely through like, and and I'm if I think utilitarian or I don't want to like just putting aside labels, just yeah. lives lost. Utilitarian like, lives, is this is a special like, case of consequentialism. So yeah, so lives saved versus lives lost. She only killed five people and she saved everyone else in the room. Um, but yeah, the show also made a point of like really showing that that fucked her up yeah like that that was the the reason it's horrific the reason we have the intuition that this is wrong is because that's not the only option this is what i'm saying is it's it's only you what you're saying we're not arguing that it's not no and i think that's maybe why she i mean at the end of the day maybe that's why we are Maybe we are. Maybe we're supposed to feel empathy for her. But at the end of the day, maybe we are supposed to conclude, like Kane has, she doesn't have what, like the the, she doesn't have the right capacity to lead or or make the right kinds of choices to handle situations like that, and she can't continue to be her leader because maybe somebody else would have made different choices. To me, it's in character. Like Octavia has always been somebody who resorts to violence, right? And Mm -hmm. so it it seems like a very in-character choice. As much as I, I'm not like I like the character, and she's made choices where she's tried to like, right? Like the conclave that was still something that was like utilizing violence. Like her, her her character has always been associated with violence. Like she found her identity is being a warrior when she's upset with her brother she beats him when she goes off the deep end after lincoln died she becomes an assassin like it's always been violence in one shape or another so it makes i mean maybe it's just you know it wasn't a good policy way to handle it and maybe the episode's also telling us something you know like we left season four with her saying i don't think i'm up to this and you know maybe in some ways she was and in other ways she was she wasn't Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like the way that they kind of chose to like frame all of that, like I don't know how much you guys like like film nerd stuff or whatever, like watching it, um, especially in the flashbacks. Like if you notice, like their heads were all big, and like it, the way that they were all sort of angled towards the camera was kind of weird. Like they mm-hmm. like they use like a super short focus to like make us feel like disoriented with it as well. Um, and then, uh, like every time that they were in, um, the, the cafeteria about to eat, they like had, they, they really brought up the buzzing sound, like this sort of like fluorescent tube buzzing, which, um, you know, that makes you fucking anxious too. Like they were playing tricks on us as well, like to also make us feel as stressed and uncomfortable, um, as they could like sort of, uh, subconsciously, mm-hmm. um, through the show, which was just, I, I thought that was just like an awesome little detail. Like there was a heartbeat sound, like when Abby was suggest, uh, was like, no, I don't want an exception to Kane. And so like, that was kind of a moment where like, they kind of had this like horrific, like c- conspiratorial meeting or whatever. Like they just did like such a good job with like little technical aspects of this episode oh, to like, totally bring yeah. us along. Yeah. But not only that, I mean, the, the, you know, the interesting thing when, now that you mentioned that, 
the downside, I at least personally like watching it, I thought everything Abby was saying was perfectly like, I mean, putting aside that it's all horrible. <laughs> it was. <laughs> oh, like the way that she sold it, the way that Abby sold well, it? What, what, what she's saying is just giving like medical scientific facts, right? You mm-hmm. need this much to live. If we don't do it, you die. If they abstain, da, da, da. It's just, she's just laying out like from her like technical expertise, but the way. I'm that, not sure about that. Well, I mean like medical schmeyance on the hundred, but like, but the way that they filmed it, it almost made it, I, I didn't know if it was supposed to make us feel like, she's super fucked up in the moment about it, understandably. But what I didn't, what, what I was like, why is it making it seem like what they're doing is so like, almost like from like a horror movie. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it seemed like, it wasn't like she was conspiring to like intentionally murder a bunch of people. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it, yeah. it made it seem like, I don't, I, there were some people that came away from this episode, like, hating Abby even more. And I was like, Why? is that because of the way that it was framed? Because, it may, I mean, like, she's whispering in Octavia's ear. Like, I I don't know. Like, I. Again, because, like, the it's, we're supposed to believe that that was, there was the, this was the only way to handle it. But it's not. So that's why it seems wrong. When you, when you make a. If you want, if you want to murder a bunch of people, that better be the only fucking way. Um, and it wasn't like a. You can talk to them. Um, b. There are other ways. There are other deterrents. Uh, you know that you can use. Um, I mean, maybe it was an issue of runtime. Maybe it was like, listen. So we're gonna try to talk to them, and maybe we will convince a few of them. But at the end of the day, there are still gonna be some principled fuckwads that are gonna screw this over for everyone else. So we're gonna end up having to kill them anyway. So let's just like. We don't have the budget or the time in this forty-five-minute show to like do the talkie way first. Well, so that's we're just why gonna, it's a bad. We're the, just gonna hundred this. Well, that that makes for a bad story. <laughs> um, I mean, that's if you have beef with it. Like again, like I didn't. Um, and I mean, I, here's another thing that here are a couple <laughs> other problems I have with it. First of all, like if these people already decided to die, why would killing them be a deterrent? Why wouldn't they just say, well, I was going to die anyway, so go ahead and kill me? Well, because I think Octavia's, what we were saying before is Octavia, like, one thing is saying, I'm not going to do this, and you don't really know what it is to starve yet. And mm-hmm. Another is to have a gun pointed at your head, and you are dead now. So one is more of like an abstract idea, and I don't know how many people in that room were really thinking about like, I'm actually going to starve to death. But that's exactly why it's wrong to do it. Why it doesn't make sense to kill them. Because if the idea is, well, they haven't fully understood the consequences of their actions. Um, well, then let them feel it. Let I, them feel it first. And then if they still refuse. I think it's the worry that during that, that more and more people are going to, like, come off of it. And eventually, like, you have, like, half of your population trying to be principled I, like yeah. I feel like oh, and, you have a risk of like a waterfall effect yeah I mean that is uh, that would have been Kane's I guess that was technically not what not what we saw in the pit but that was Kane's first act of civil disobedience and a heck of a lot of people followed him you know like blood like 
Blood Raina is there talking to somebody and he's like, I mean, dis no disrespect, but I'm not going to do it. So what else are people not going to do? Does that mean the next time you arrest someone, they're not going to go to the fighting pits? Or they're going to start stealing blankets? Like, I don't know. Like, like they're in a little time. Like it can go. I feel like theirs is the most precarious of this show. Like during that six years, like you're in a cement tube with angry people. I mean, it didn't seem chaotic. It didn't seem like it was going to cause any sort of chaos. Um, and here's another thing I don't understand. <laughs> why Why doesn't this thing just scale? Um, what do you mean? Like, if you can sustain 800 people with the meat that comes from the criminals, so let's say like 10% of them commit crime or some or whatever, 5% of commit crime, well, if you have, if half of them die and you have 400 people, you can still sustain that with the 5% that commit crime, right? It should just scale. I don't understand why if they die, then we'll die. Like, you, you what's the difference? Wait, what? Am I too stoned for this? <laughs> <laughs> like, the, the total population it doesn't matter. Whatever the total population is, the point is that you can sustain this population with the meat that comes from the X percent of them that commit crime. So, like, if you have N people and X percent of them commit crime and you can sustain it, well, if you have half N, then you'll have half X people who commit crime and you can still sustain them. It just scales. I don't understand what this is in reference to. But, won't, but, won't, they be too, but, but won't they be too skinny to eat? those 5%? No, they're the ones who are who, who are eating who are cannibals. So they, I'm saying like if half a half of the population abstains and for some stupid reason we don't euthanize them and let them let their muscles atrophy. Um, that's fine. Let's just let them die. The remaining population, the 400 that remains, right, but they the can problem... sustain themselves with the same method. Who, whoever commits crime will eat them. But I think that what Abby's talking about is that, like, sorry, seeing your, like, friends and neighbors starve to death puts you off your dinner. And, like... This it, is I all, think it, like, wild assumptions. <laughs> I mean, but they're super dubious. This doesn't make any sense. Like, if you're going to ask me to act, accept a million dubious assumptions to get to the thing, it's just not a good story. I... I appreciate that you have issue with this, and I'm glad that we can have an adult and reasoned discussion about it. Um, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 look, I, that, you know, especially your last point makes my brain hurt, but I get what you're saying, and it's like, that's totally a valid point. I get it. I guess. It just, I just, I don't know. I'm just coloring inside the lines. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is a game. We're all playing a game of operation and Cece and I are picking out the bones and you are buzzing the edges non-fucking stop. <laughs> or, 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 or I'm willing to head, headcan it as such. These were, sh they, they had a set of facts. Abby and Octavia were in a room. They made 
maybe some assumptions that they shouldn't have. They made horrible policy decisions, and that is why the, right now they are the two most fucked up characters on the show. Exactly. So I'm I'm willing to like. Everything you're saying are things that they should have considered and they didn't, perhaps because they were under pressure and in a bunker. And they look at what happened. And they fucked up. And they are both super fucked up about it. Like, super fucked over it. So maybe they just had a horrible situation and didn't make the best decisions that they should have. And that's maybe what we're also supposed to take away. They, res- they, they resorted to drastic measures when they, when they didn't have to, which is a fascinating place for Abby Griffin of season one who tried to fight the calling to be in, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. And for Marcus Kane to be the one telling her, you always have other choices, like spitting back the line she said to him from season one. So maybe we're supposed to take that away. Like they took the extreme measure. They did the calling. They were like Kane who said, let's go for the calling. We need to do it now in order to survive. And Abby says, let's tell them. And maybe this is the flip of it. Like, and this time it was Abby and Octavia that fucked up and took the extreme measures when they shouldn't have. Yeah, everything is flipped, like you were saying before. It's like Bellamy and Clark, Bellamy and Octavia switch place, Bellamy and Clark switch place, Kane and Abby switch place. Uh, it's, 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 it's like a game of musical chairs. <laughs> or like one of those old, uh, whatever. Um, you know those old like mystery movies or whatever, or like Scooby Doo maybe, where you like take off the mask and you're like, it was me the whole time, like that. <laughs> I mean, so here's yeah. here's the thing that uh-huh. I, I it's interesting because Shaheen, that was your as much as I let I liked this individual episode. Mm-hmm. What I feel frustrated with is we have two episodes left. You have all of these people who have. Flipped sides, flipped points of view, um, betrayed each other, made horrible choices that have screwed the other. And I just want time for people to fucking argue about it and talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I don't... Like the characters. Like the, ca- the characters to hash... Like the characters, right? Like I want... And maybe we'll get that next week. Like I want Abby and Kane to be like... We didn't get to see like... I mean, we got that one line. There's always choices. But like... I want them to have the type of, like, in season two when they were under the rubble and they were like, well, we made this choice, but now our children are making this choice. And, like, they're actually talking about it. Or, like, in Hockeldama when Bellamy and Clark are actually, like, yelling at each other about the choices they've made. Or Octavia when she was yelling at Clark about Ton DC. Like, I want the time to actually feel, like, the emotional and moral, like, wreckage to these characters and their relationships. Yeah, I mean, knowing this show, I'm sure this will, this will, um, the ramifications will continue at least into season six. Um, and, you know, we'll, we're going to hear about this for a long time, I guess, I think. Um, or we'll never talk about it ever again. <laughs> there you have know? been cases where we just stop talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or we just I have to gonna, say that we're not going to talk about it because it's the dark year. We're still not allowed to yeah, talk yeah. about it. <laughs> Depends on if, if Octavia wins or not. Um, I have to say that uh, one of the few things that I liked about this episode was the, the twist that Abby was actually the mastermind mm-hmm. behind the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that was very interesting. And it does take away from the whole point of like, we survived it because of Octavia. It seems like we survived it because of Abby. But that's the public. <laughs> but that's the public. Like, right, Oct- people Oct- don't know that. Yeah, Octavia. Yeah. I mean, think about like just in that 
that one set of flashbacks where you have Octavia and Abby in the room alone. And Octavia's like, you're asking me to kill my people, right? And she's like visibly upset about it. And then she, you, you could still tell that she was, you know, shaken by what she was having to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she also was intimidating and determined. That is not who we saw privately in the room. So it was a really interesting, like, there were a lot of moments where you were seeing, like, it, you know, when when she said to Indra at the end of the episode, it'll be worth it. And then Indra leaves and she's, like, shaky voice and crying, like, you know, it has to be, right? So I, I think it's continued that, like, here's the mask and here's the person behind it. So, and what the public views, like oh, well, she was the one that got us through it. She's the public figurehead and Abby was the mastermind behind it. Yeah. Can I take a poll? <laughs> um, of two. Yeah. So um, you guys never told me what your feelings are uh, on this. Do you feel like actions should be judged on the basis of intentions or consequences? Or both? I'm a lawyer, so I think both. Like both. our... Um, yeah, I mean, our our justice system takes both into account uh-huh. on a sliding scale. I think, yeah, I would say both. So both how? Like, how do they interact? Or- for, like, for example, you, like, you cause the death of someone. Mm-hmm. If you didn't mean to do it, then you still are convicted of manslaughter and there's a consequence for your action, which you did not intend to result in the death of someone, but it still did. Versus someone who intended to kill someone and their actions resulted in someone's death faces a stricter conviction and sentence. So it's a sliding scale that takes into account both intent and consequence. And so how do they interact though? Like if, like if I have good intentions that result in horrible consequences, like think of Mao Zedong, I believe that Mao had uh, pure intentions. He wanted to create a perfect society, but what he did resulted in tens of millions of people dying, hundreds of millions of people starving. Should we say, so what does like, so that's manslaughter. Do, do we assign weight well, to that, them? Like one outweighs the other? Well, that's manslaughter times what? Well, yeah, I'm just <laughs> saying like in terms of like people died, but he didn't mean for it. Okay, to so manslaughter times a billion people versus one person intending to murder one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that what it is? I mean, here's the thing though. It's not like he made a decision and everyone dropped dead the next day and he was yeah. like, oh fuck. Right. That... I didn't mean to do that. You continue. I mean, that's that's another thing. I mean, you're talking about one, like the example I gave for manslaughter, I was my, was premised on one act, right? right? Like if you are... Like he didn't read the signs. Are you, it right. was not working. If you're a leader of a political system and you see that people are dying and you continue on your course and you don't adjust, then you have made a different choice every day to continue to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, what if you think that... Um, you know, some people will die today, but we'll create the perfect society and then it will be awesome. Like you were saying, like the way Octavia was thinking, right? Like if he was thinking this is a cost that we have to pay, this is a, this is, you know, um, um, what is it? Birth, birth pain, right? 
Um, yeah, but you're as I guess I'm viewing it through a prism of the way I started out was legal accountability. You're still accountable for those people that you killed in the short term, regardless of your intent for the future. You still go to jail. Mm-hmm. And what if um, the why other? Do I, why do I feel Joe? Don't you feel like when he asks these questions, he's luring us into a trap? <laughs> I'm just like I'm waiting for my turn to just ask him what his what his answer is. And, yeah, well, Joe, you know. what's what's yours? What's yours? Mine is mine is both. Mine is mine is both. Well, both is kind of a cop out. Not <laughs> well, you you gave me the precise. option. It's not you gave me the option. It's not a cop yeah, out. I I, th- I think I think I, <laughs> it's just on you. It's not a cop out because I think taking only one into account and pretend and as if it's in a vacuum and not taking the other into account. Plus, people can lie. Well, like intent is hard to prove. It is, mm. but you can. <laughs> I mean, but like if someone was like, oh, I didn't mean to like after a certain point, like sometimes, you know, it, it's very obviously not an accident. But like at some point, what do you how do you prove that? Yeah. I mean, does well, one overwrite we have to, the other? But we have to do that all the t- But we have to do all the time. But it also, I mean, it, I don't know, like I don't want to get too like down a like boring legal rabbit hole. But like what someone's charged with to begin with takes into account whether the prosecutor thought that they had a certain level of intent and the consequences. And then that is then what you have to prove. And then the jury can be given different options. And if they don't meet the burden to prove intent, then it's second degree murder or it's manslaughter or it's reckless endangerment or like whatever the like degrees under, you know, it depends on where you are. But if you don't meet that burden, then the person gets convicted of the lesser and, and that, I mean, I'm just saying as a society, that's how we have chosen to take both into account. Like we as an American criminal justice system, legal, civil, you, there's intent and there's consequence and both are taken into account. Yeah. Um, I and, mean, and, law is also different from morality. I mean, you know, there are things that are illegal that are not immoral and there are things that are immoral that are not illegal. Sure. Sure. But law is the clearest enunciation of what we as a society think is right and wrong. I don't know about that. That's a that's a substantial. I mean, that we are that we are. But that I do that we are have to go to bed at some point tonight, but that we are willing to commit and articulate and vote and put on paper that these are the rules. and, And that's what we that's what we are able to agree on. In an ideal world, those are the rules that, like, we we think that these are the good ones, or or um, that we're at least willing to agree. Right. On I'm just saying that paper. law doesn't reflect morality necessarily. Like, it's no, not, not as though no, it's a subsection. Find- no, no, it's a subsection. It's like what we're willing to agree on that we think is right or. Like I'm using like air quotes, but like it's it's the <laughs> subsection. I can't hear those ones. Uh, it's the subsection of morality that we have agreed are the rules we're willing to commit to as a society that's what i'm trying to say it's not all encompassing at all at all but i'm just saying like and we may individually disagree with some of those rules but that that's the idea that like in our society these are the rules that we've agreed that we think are right and wrong and those may change but that's what we're willing to commit to to govern our behavior Mm -hmm. does that make sense what's what's your answer shaheen Oh God! Um, I'm not supposed to have an answer to these things. I'm, <laughs> I'm a philosopher. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, <laughs> um, that is some bullshit. Well, so I, I mean, 
I feel like, I mean, I, I don't know what the answer is because the, the argument against taking consequences into account is that um, if surely we don't want to say that someone did something good if by accident a good consequence came about, right? So if I decided to murder someone out of, uh, uh, out of spite and out of you know, malice, and it turned out that person was going to go and bomb someplace and kill a thousand people. And so it turns out I saved a thousand lives. Wildly unintentionally. It doesn't mean that I did something good because it was an accident. It was a co coincidence, right? So the, so it, it seems like the consequences matter if I was aiming at those consequences, which then will take us to intention, right? So then it seems like we reduced it to intention. But then the, the argument against intention is that um, you know, it's like the Mao case or whatever. Like you can't just say, well, as long as you mean well, um, then it's fine because people do horrible things claiming that they mean well. Like the example I made a couple of episodes ago was like, if you beat your child and think, no, it's going to make him stronger and it's going to, you know, he's going to grow up and be a man. Um, doesn't matter. You still did something. It seems like we feel like it's still, you still did something horrible no matter what you thought your intentions were or whatever right so i i feel like that yeah there there's like you, i keep bouncing back and forth because like yeah um the argument against consequence is that what it can just be a coincidence and the argument against intention is that um you know intentions are often not a reliable uh indicator of um the amount of suffering that the action creates and so um, you can't just judge things by intention. So, I, I, yeah, I don't know. So, a little bit of both? <laughs> <laughs> or neither? God damn it. Um, I feel like, I mean, I personally believe that we don't judge morality uh, from first principles. Like, we don't start with some, like, law and then derive what a particular action is moral or not. We just have uh, immediate... Um, intuitions is kind of like perception. We see it and we feel it's wrong. And then we try to rationalize it with some principles. Um, I so agree. That, I, that's just what I believe. I, you know what? I, that's interesting because I felt like that was a lot of the discussions like during season four. And we just mm -hmm. had like visceral reactions to be like, no, that's wrong. And then trying to like backtrack and justify why you thought saving the slaves was wrong or not, but it was, it's interesting. Like I, I guess the one thing I, I, I think we sometimes pretend like emotion doesn't play a huge part in what we think is right and wrong. Mm -hmm. It's like what we feel is right in a situation. Right. And then we try and justify it with like what sounds like no logical reasons for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that, let's move on to Will actually. Um, shall we? Yeah. 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 So, um, I mean, I feel like you negated my Will actually, Joe. I thought it I, was. Because well, I was also very skeptical. And so I took myself yeah, down. I didn't do my homework. <laughs> you just decided I, so to, you can to get rage. off opioids in 24 hours. Yes. Like, I mean, th so basically, the fastest one that I read 
basically sends you through detox in a matter of hours, which is not to say that you feel great for probably like a couple of days. But like, I think that like, could she be propped up functionally? Most likely, though she also very likely pooped herself. And most of these rapid opioid things, like there's a lot of evidence of like why this is not a great idea. And a lot of places don't actually do it um, precisely because it can fucking kill you. Uh huh. But um, it is a thing that it is like there are two types of them. And one of them, like the one that I I'm guessing that they're schmiancing and talking about with Abby's where it can be done in a couple of hours, like it's called anesthesia assisted rapid detox. So like while she may have had the chemical that like did it, um, you're supposed to be put under before you do it because it's not it's not great. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the so end. what was your will actually, Joe? Uh, I just I was really confused about the I mean, I didn't know it was supposed to be processed meat like I Bubs pointed me towards the Jason Rothenberg's tweet about that. But I'm not really sure what processing means, though. Now that I think about it, it was probably because like it still kind of looked a little bit as I thought, like guava paste, which if you've ever had it, like it's made by Goya. It's really tasty. <laughs> it's um, it's I, I mean, Joe, we have talked about this. It is it was my childhood treat growing up. And it is super fucked up that I now associate it with human flesh. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and but speaking like, of that, the, have you, wait, sorry, go ahead. Well, I mean, you can go ahead, I guess, if you want. No, but I was talking about talking about meat. No, I'm, I was going to talk about meat. <laughs> I no. was going to say the the new rations look different. I don't, yeah, because they like add a couple seeds to them. Like, I still think that they eat people. I think that they decided that that's actually a great idea, especially if you're trying to build warriors. Um, that's an, getting like a lot of like really dense calories. From I was confused meat. about that because that's an the, open um, question. Yeah, Kara yeah. said yeah. that they that they were that the farm will be back and running in a year. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like in that year, maybe people started to look pretty healthy and good. Yeah, it's unclear whether they're still chanting the. Um, uh, among on a son yeah yeah so but, but, or is that tradition yeah or? Um, yeah that's almost like know. a saying questions right no that's an open question like was it only a year or they've continued or if it's just because then what that means is there are folks delightful people that are keeping track of who during the season has eaten some of those rations uh-huh <laughs> like yeah. bellamy yes. clark monty monty um, presumably everyone who spent time with with one crew well that, but just that we've seen on camera oh yeah that's partaken of human flesh well but, but I, okay but i don't think i mean i think you know they said that it was a year and they, i don't think octavia would be like don't talk about it if they were continuing to do it hmm. i don't know yeah but i will say that the rations of the people meet like, it didn't look, obviously, like there was kind of any greenery in there. It almost looked like like that Goya paste, which made me think, though, that, like, Abby's smart. Like, it's not that they just probably ate, like, they knew that getting people to eat, like, people steaks was going to be a hard sell, so they probably, like, did did something with it. And I would imagine that they probably would have, like, used the bones to, like, make, like, basically bone broth and, like, make some sort of, like, get, you know, gelatin something, because that looked a little jelly. Um, I feel like they made, like people jello <laughs> i feel like meat. it should have been like tacos yeah. right <laughs> everyone likes tacos like you got people skin you got a little taco shell. i mean they purposefully made it so that we would feel it like 
It was. You're literally biting a person's it, flesh. Oh, it was just awful. Were you squicked out? I was so. I was yes. I but was, it didn't even look realistic. It. it, 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 it <laughs> I know it looked like guava, <laughs> but I told you. But in the context of it, and the close up on the mouth, and making you think what it was, I mean, they just fucking went for it. And it's like, a, there's no way people meet is that tender. I'm sorry. It's a meat. Like I mean, now I understand why. I think Jason Rothenberg had tweeted he couldn't believe what the censors let them get away with. Because, I mean, it was, and maybe, maybe by making it look like that, they were able to do those more up close, like. They're like, oh yeah, it looks like guava paste. Like gratuitous shots of Octavia biting into it, and Kane biting, and of course, Kane picked up the piece that had, like, fresh With, like, other dude's brain on it. I was like, bro, (laughs) Kane, come on. He fully committed. (laughs) Jesus. So. Do you have it all actually, Sissy? I think I've said them all actually throughout the conversation, so no. Okay. Okay. All right. Except well, I did. Except no. Well, no. Our well, our big well actually was my husband was like, "How the fuck did they survive on algae then?" And then it was like, "The more you know, we learned that algae is protein." Yeah. <laughs> so. <Ta-da. laughs> um. Yeah. I guess I had this. I don't know if this is. I put it in other thoughts because I don't know if it's not exactly well actually like I know that it's meant to be a bunch of mumbo jumbo like we'll blah 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 will win but Diosa's battle plan seemed like super <laughs> dumb because like, the whole thing was once you attack point A all of the soldiers from all the other post- posts are gonna go to point A to reinforce what the fuck who would plan that way like Leave some people in point B and C. Like that's not hey, complicated. <laughs> I I you know, I don't I don't know from Jon Snow. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So I, any TV shows to recommend? Oh wait, Cece, you had some other Oh, well, I mean I, everyone has ever I'm sure everybody clocked this already, but they name dropped Allegis Three quite conspicuously again in the cave. Um with Murphy and Raven yep. and um yeah. Shaw. I feel like that's going to be the finale yeah. thing. Yeah. It's going to be the alley of the finale. Oh, I have a poll. Or the Mount Weather of the finale. The Mount Weather of the finale. I have a poll. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And because there were some folks talking about this, and I'm interested in your take. Do you think Murphy was at all jealous of the Shaw and Raven flirting? Hmm. Because he had a little thing with Raven. Well, just like I don't know. I don't. I don't know whether or not they have. I mean, people have different interpretations. I could see it as yes, but I I don't know how much Murphy recognizes it as actual jealousy. I think he is also tends to be very possessive, um, mm. but very selectively. So you know, he was very clearly possessive of Amori and her development and sort of pull away from him, and so. You know, I think, yes, I, I, I could see it. If I had to choose A or B, yes, Murphy is jealous in some way. Okay. What do you think, Shane? <laughs> I never thought of that. Um, I guess I would say no. Okay. <laughs> I did. What I did notice was a weird look on uh, Echo's face when um, yes. during the shaven kiss, yes. which, you know, you could interpret as she's missing Bellamy and she's like, oh, man, why don't I have 
Why don't I have anyone to make out with? Or... Or this the other thing. Or she's into Raven. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I feel like Joe's theory got a little bit of evidence. It would <laughs> be... a little confirmation this episode. I mean, they're, it's never going to happen. It would be... Oh, it would be... I mean, basically, I, uh, I ship Raven with literally everybody, anybody, so great. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you just want you just want it out of Bacco. Um, I mean that is a convenient upside. <laughs> also, asking for a friend, <laughs> asking mm-hmm. asking for a friend that you guys know well. Um, just, uh, when um, Amori came over and they had that cute moment where she put her arm around um, Echo and she's like, "Don't worry, like you'll see him soon." Da da da. And Echo had that look. How did you guys interpret that? Um, I, I I think that they're setting up something for Becco. Um, I you know again like if they break up, they break up. But I hope that in that case, like obviously, like you give it some breathing room before you actually get into Belark. Um, but at the same time, like I mean, as long as fuck, as long as neither of them dies, like Jesus Christ. <laughs> Like, you can't fridge Echo, I'm sorry. Oh, God. Like, you already did that once. Mm. Did you, um, did you clock that at all, Shaheen, or no? Sorry, which look again? Um, Amori sits down next to Echo, puts her arm around her, and this is right after she's observed the amazing, Mm -hmm. I would have been watching too, Shaven making out. Um, (laughs) and then Amori puts her arm around Echo, and she's like, don't worry, like, I forget what she says, like, you'll see him soon, or it'll be, I'll be fine soon, or whatever, and Echo looks unconvinced. Uh-huh. And I didn't Yeah, know- I, didn't, I didn't notice that, yeah. Ah. All right, cool. That's interesting. Those are the two poles. I don't see why she would all of a sudden be over Bellamy, though. She's nothing happened, they've just been apart. Right. So, I don't know. So, uh, TV shows to recommend? Um, you can go first, Cece. I just didn't fill mine out, but I have one. Yes. Well, Joe, you join me on this one, right? Okay. We finished um, the Twelve Monkeys series. The season, the series finale was at the beginning of July. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I have always really, really enjoyed this show a lot. Joe and Jen recommended it. Um, it was definitely one of the, like. After Game of Thrones and The Hundred, it's like right there with The Expanse in terms of this last season and the finale in particular has like elevated the whole thing to me now as like one of my all-time favorites. Like a time travel show that like did an amazing job like mapping out, pre-mapping out its final two seasons like so that everything like fucking fit together was like bonkers every like for a show that has such big and complicated mythology right like you would need uh, like two i think they had like a huge room with four walls of whiteboards just to keep track of it all but <laughs> like unbelievable mythology um a theme at the end that like that all of our fucking shows are doing this season well break, every single break, one break the cycle yes but in but there were other themes that i found really really like profound and moving and i just thought it was like one of the greatest series finales i have ever watched so if you're looking for something to watch on the hiatus 12 monkeys it was on sci-fi the first season is 
the show is supposed to be called Splinter, which is what they call when they travel from one time period to another. And Sci-Fi was like, no, it's too complicated. Can you guys just make it like 12 Monkeys? And so- yeah, but like, first of all, this is our 90s movie reference. Yes! And second of all... Um, <laughs> If you have seen the movie, which you have not seen, I don't know how to feel about that. Mm-hmm. If you have ever seen 12 Monkeys, like watching the first season of this show is actually kind of really fun because like you kind like at least for me, I haven't seen the movie in a long time, but I remembered bits of it. And so getting to like, like it, the first season is basically the movie sort of like with sort of some changes made, obviously. Um, but it's really kind of fun to like remember the bits of the story in the movie and how it sort of like ties into this one, especially for like Brad Pitt's character, for example, is not played by Brad Pitt. And um, yeah, but I mean, but the first season's really fun, but it's mm-hmm. it's like not even scratching the surface of no, the mythology. No, not at all. Of the mythology. No. The mythology is fucking bonkers. Bananas. Bonkers. And, but it, <laughs> like, like you can't even, but it's like cha- more, like the moral, like the moral dilemmas are challenging. They have fun. Like it, there's absurd moments that make you laugh out loud. There's parts that like made me cry. The acting's really good. It is like, oh a ton of female characters um, that are driving the plot. Like I think by the last season, it's more female characters than male. So that's not easy to find. Um, It's a great, yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic show. And again, like enjoy the first season, but know that that is not the show. um, It'd be like watching the first season. It'd be like watching the first season of the hundred and not knowing about the commander or the flame or Allie or any of that. Right. Like, that's pretty yeah. much similar. And I will say, I really wish Shaheen would watch it because there's a whole... It's on, it's on my watch list. Because there's a whole... Especially <laughs> when you get to the end, Shaheen, like the final season, what their dilemma is, mm-hmm. without giving it away, I think that you will be very, very... Um, you will find Beast. it very compelling. <laughs> you, will find awesome. it very, you will find it very compelling and we would have a hell of a debate over it. <laughs> so I think all of us would. So so fisticuffs at dawn. Yes. Cool. What's your TV show, Joe? Um, I finally started the new season, though even though not realizing that before I started it that they have a sort of mid-season hiatus going on of unknown length. But uh, the third season of Into the Badlands, which um, if you've never seen it, it's like it's set in like in our far future, in which case everything is sort of like feudal lords and like everyone's a fucking ninja. Um, and it's awesome. Like it's, it's not a show. It's like an old Kung Fu movie or show or something like that. It's not, um, the world's most amazing dialogue and acting. Um, but it's pretty good, but like also the, like, it's such a visually just absolutely fucking stunning show. Like the costuming and the fight scenes and it's just beautiful. Like it's just an amazing, like, journey to watch and so just like don't take it super seriously because like and then you have like it's fun and it's good and like weird and the first season's a bit of a sausage fest so like push through and get to the (laughs) second season and um yeah it's just it's just beautiful to watch oh and it turns out one of the main dudes uh actually goes to my old gym back in oakland i was like oh Hey, look, we may be trained together. That's weird. Oh, wait, Joe, the last thing is we figured out the thing on TV. So we have a theory that overarches three television shows. So I don't know, Shaheen, if you saw the news, but um, Zach McGowan and and Nadia Hilker 
And Luna, Luna and Rowan. Lena, l- yeah, Luna and Rowan are both going to be on The Walking, the Walking Dead. Dead. The oh, le- wow. Aaron Stanford, who was the lead of 12 Monkeys, is going to be on Fear of the Walking Dead with Alicia Debnam Carey, which means there's now three grounders and the lead from 12 Monkeys. So I think what's actually happening is that the lead from 12 Monkeys mm-hmm. has to go back in time to try and to prevent s- to prevent the plague that was in The Walking Dead that turned everyone into zombies. And that's our, like, overarching... <laughs> like, it actually kind of really tracks, um, <laughs> because that was actually what happened on... Tw- there is a disease that kills everyone, so I'm serious. This is actually happening. It's crazy. He's going back in time to now try and stop the walk- the, the Walking Dead zombie the, virus. the Walking Dead, yeah. And he's go- <laughs> and then he's getting help with from people in the future, Lexa, Rowan, and Luna. Yeah. <laughs> to try and stop the virus. <laughs> Shaheen's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? I don't know, but if anyone's watched all, all three shows, I hope you're as delighted they, as... Hopefully you're chuckling. Because Joe and I got a big chuckle over this this week. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, next episode... Um, next Wait, week do you not gonna... have TV? No, I got nothing. Don't forget to listen to the next episode. We're going to have two Joes on. And... All right, well, maybe geek again. Bye, everyone. Take it easy.